Hello, 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 hello there. Welcome back to the Random Show episode number 109. Random Show episode number 109 with I, your host, Agostino Zinga, and I hope you are doing well wherever wherever this stream may find you i hope you are doing well and for those of you who listen after the fact hello hi hello hi it is i agostino how you doing hope you're doing well how am i you know how it is things are going swimmingly as they usually do one on the single show on sorry the random show sorry and um yeah many things to talk about many things to go through many things to go through Number one thing I quick want to mention, um, shout out everyone jumping into the chat. I see you, Uche, see you, Lucid, Footwear and Clothing. The one thing I want to talk about straight away was that I'm getting quite a few comments here and there, not not often, but here and there, from the first little video that I ripped from the Comedy Mothership Instagram. I ripped, uh, I think, the, maybe the opening night. Or no, it was opening night. It might have been, yeah, I think it was opening weekend. It might be the opening weekend, the one with Tim Dillon in it, right? And that opening weekend um, Instagram video, I ripped it from the Comedy Central, sorry, Comedy Mothership Instagram. I screen recorded off my phone. I kept the flipping, you know, what you call it, logo of the Comedy Central thing, Comedy Mothership story thing on there. And it's quite clear that it's a video taken from the Comedy Mothership Instagram. Like, you know, it's not, I didn't film it. But every other day or so, there's somebody leaving a comment. <laughs> How did you get a phone inside? Why didn't you leave your phone locked up in the bag? Like, what's going on? Is there um, is there a fucking pandemic for like idiocity out there? Did I not label it correctly? Do people just automatically assume because it's online that someone must have recorded themselves? Like, surely you could just check by the video. You can just see that that's been ripped off of somebody else's Instagram. It's not like I recorded it myself. And it's loads of different angles. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought that was weird. Like everyone keeps asking, oh, how'd you get the phone in there? How'd you get a phone in there? How'd you get a phone in there? I'm like, okay, I didn't. Not my video. Clearly stated there. This video is footage taken from the Comedy Mothership Instagram account. I don't know what more you need, you want from me. I don't know what more you want from me. But I did not film that video. It was not my filming um clearly because they don't allow phones in there i think everyone kind of aware of that even me i don't even live over there and i know this right they don't allow phones in there they've got that flipping um dave Chappelle yonder program thing going on i think so anyway where you put your phones in these little patches these little pouches sorry and then you leave them outside and if you want to use them you have to go back outside to go and use them so to dissuade people from using phones inside and recording so it wasn't me but they clearly have an in-house social media team that records everything, same way how they have an in-house photographer that takes pictures. But I'm sure you can't take your own pictures in there. So that stuff is, you know, pretty self-explanatory. But I thought I just had to kind of put it out there because I get too many questions like, how did you get your phone in there, man? You must be like James Bond, bro. It's like, nah, man, I'm not like James Bond. I wish I was. I'm not, but I wish I was deeply. But anyway, enough about that. <laughs> Minor complaints in the hood. Big up the chat. Big up everybody tuning in. Appreciate every single one of you. Um, big up Richie. Big up Jack Miner. Big up Pablo's just joined in. Of course, Uche as usual. Um, big up every single one of you. We've got loads of things to jump on into. It's a bit of a slow one, to be fair. I'm not going to lie. There's not much going on, but I thought I'd just bang this one out just in case. Isn't it? Bang this one out. So let's move on. First things first to mention is this 
news. I saw courtesy of cracked.com. The headline is Joe Rogan is no longer in love with being the uncancelable comedy don. Obviously, the headlines are a bit is a bit clickbaity, but essentially, it's Joe Rogan complaining that running a club isn't what it all cracked up to be, like the day to day of running it, which is you know self evident. But also, I'd imagine the stress of having all these fucking leeches or flipping comedians who just want to use you for your clout and your fame you know coming around you for they want to get flipping slots at a club that's got to be really exhausting i think i said it before in the podcast i wonder what's more exhausting for joe like what's more what gives him more of a headache day to day having comedians you know try and like suck up to him to get on the podcast or having comedians you know bug him to get a set at the comedy club like what's got to be more of a headache day to day because I think the podcast is definitely more of a headache because the podcast covers, you know, a whole range of people. It's not only comedians. Um, everyone wants to get on there because whatever they're selling, whether it's a book, a supplement, opening a new hotel, it's going to do bits. So I wonder which one is more annoying day to day. Obviously, if you've got both, as, as Richie said, if you've got both, it's horrible, right? If you're running a club and you've got one of the, you know, the, the world's most successful podcasts, it's going to be a nightmare to deal with, especially if you're managing both of the things. I think if Rogan kind of like was outsourcing a lot of the booking of the podcast, maybe he could kind of, you know, blame somebody else. Same thing with the comedy club. But I think now he's starting to tell people, oh, this Adam Eager guy is the one that's in charge. I think he's been saying that. I think from what I remember, kind of like, you know, reading between the lines it sounds like he's starting to like palm off a lot of responsibilities you know to people he doesn't want to play to adam eager and the ones he wants he gives him a personal call so with joe it's pretty obvious if you're going to get booked there you get a personal call usually i'd imagine especially if you're friends you get a personal call from him he picks up hey it's joe whatever whatever that fucking accent is right um dude i'd like you to come to my club anyway let's read the article it says the king of anti-cancel culture comedy opened up um, the comedy membership in Austin, Texas early this year. A club where comedians can perform unfiltered, untweetable sets with the safety of knowing that their audience is unafraid, unvaccinated and unarmed. <laughs> unvaccinated. Slipping this one in there. Though vaccination cards are not the needed to be gained into the comedy club, metal detectors are used to enforce the no firearms policy. Phones are confiscated upon admittance and an audience members are subjected to compulsory face scans before they are seated. All of this stuff probably worries them more than the lack of flipping. Um, whoever's writing for Cracked is definitely one of those people that goes to the goes to the fucking supermarket now and still wears a face mask. They're more annoyed that Joe Rogan doesn't have mandatory flipping vaccination card entry policy as opposed to him making sure that no one gets shot up inside there. <laughs> that seems to be more of the fucking thing that's getting a bee under their bonnet. I just saw flipping Taylor Lorenz now actually posted a clip on her flipping, I think on tit on Twitter talking about um what you talking about talking about how she's doing I don't know she got I think she got some article out on the Rolling Stones and she's walking around in shops in LA wearing a face mask like I'm just like Taylor Lorenz give it up brother man she's got a face like she's a 60 and a body like she's flipping 21 it's absolutely bizarre but anyway big up Taylor Lorenz we move on um, phones are confiscated upon admittance and audience members are subjugated to compulsory face scans. The mothership has hosted come some of the comedy's most controversial figures. Roseanne, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, during last week's episode with Joe Rogan Experience, um, Rogan complained to Paulie Shaw, which is funny, right? The the son of Mitzi, um, who obviously ran the flipping comedy store with all these guys flipping, you know, wank over. 
During last week's episode of The Rogan Experience, Rogan complained to Paulie Shaw, the son of legendary comed- comedy store founders and himself a mothership performer. Um, the owning and operating of a club that caters to French comics isn't always a walk in the park. The quote, I would always tell people, be nice to comedy club owners because you don't want to be one. Clearly, Joe Rogan lamented, saying that the wrangling of his lineups has been the biggest stressor of his club owner career during um, dealing with green room full of Joe Rogan's may no longer be Joe Rogan's dream job. And I think I said this before when I when I did a live stream that I was curious before the club actually opened. I think I said a few times I was wondering who was going to actually run the club day to day. Was Rogan going to do it? Because I feel like a lot of these podcast guys, I don't know what it is about them, but whenever they get into deals that have to do with managing people, they just assume they're going to be the manager. Very rarely do you see um, a podcaster who has like a network, who has like a podcaster gets signed um, and maybe they have to hire more staff, who's going to open a studio. Very rarely do you see these people take the money from whatever partnership they're going to be, you know, whoever's partnering up with them and then say, hey, I'm going to invest this and hire somebody to do the day-to-day managing. Because I think it's one thing doing something out of your little studio with your three friends. But then if you're scaling it up, I think it's probably for the best that you get somebody else involved, like somebody like, quote-unquote, a third party, some an external source to come in and kind of be able to manage a team and be able to manage it from a quasi-professional way so that the bl- the lines between business and personal don't get blurred. That might be a good way to go about things, but everyone likes to kind of do it themselves. They just assume because they're good podcasters that they're going to be good business people or good managers of people, which is not always a fact. And I thought, you know, day-to-day, if the club's going to be open, what, Monday to Sunday? I don't know if it's open every single day of the week, but, you know, let's, let's say five days a week. That's a lot of work to be managing a place like that, you know, when you've never done it before. Um, you know he's rich and stuff but it doesn't mean he's got experience doing all that stuff and then I think in the first few weeks it seemed like he had his you know he was really there and kind of hands-on but then I've heard from a few times a few comics I think I heard Eric Griffin say it once already that when he went to perform that weekend Rogan wasn't even there so it looks like maybe he's tired to take a bit of a step back now and let whoever's managing the comedy mothership manage it and then he I guess is the overseer obviously he fucking he owns it so he can do what he wants but the day-to-day managing of it must be a bit of a bore and not bore it must be super super stressful I can imagine especially on top of what everything else he does USC the podcast anything else he does on the side that's a lot the family like day-to-day it's a lot of work man like you're just adding unnecessary stress that you don't need to be adding to your life. Essentially, you're giving yourself a nine to five. <laughs> you know, Rogan, you know, made his entire career trying to get out of the rat race. Right. He's somebody that clearly hates desk jobs. Like anytime he talks about desk jobs and office jobs and how destructive they are, you know, the Joe Rogan subreddit explodes. People hate that when he starts speaking down upon people working regular jobs. He thinks everyone should have like a business, you know, making knives and flipping wooden furniture and shit. He doesn't understand why you you wouldn't go, wouldn't chase after your dreams. So I can't. So it's just funny that now the same guy that was moaning and saying that, you know, office jobs are shit and they're cancerous is now the same person who's legitimately giving himself a nine to five on purpose. But now he's realizing it's not as crashed up to be. It continues here. It said, I I had like, I had a, like a talk to myself about it. Like, God damn, you really want to take this on? Rogan said, or the realization that the nightly stresses in simply getting these chosen anti-work comics on stage will be a part and parcel of the mothership experience. This is the funny bit, right? You don't want to be some person hoping that this guy shows up and that he's, he was not doing coke last night and that he's not on a two-day bender. He missed his flights or didn't sleep, it, Rogan admitted. 
this is why for me I can never take seriously this whole narrative that all these guys I say narrative because Brendan says it the way like that it's not because I can't say flipping narrative but the whole narrative around these comedians where they think that they're the hardest workers in the world when most of them don't you know work at all they do the bare minimum and most of them go on stage telling the same tired jokes. It's not like they're at home crafting a new bit, crafting a new hour, you know, slaving over their previous jokes and making edits, whatever they may be. No, they just do the same thing that worked before, tune it and then kind of repeat it again. They try and do the bare minimum and get the most results. So when they hold kind of flung this whole, we work hard, we work hard thing, not really. And also if you do something that you enjoy, it's not really hard work anyway, because you're doing it because you enjoy to do it. So that's by the by. And obviously it pays well as well, because these guys, you know, if it wasn't paying well to podcast or to do stand up, they wouldn't do it. There is, you know, there's very, I can't think of many stand ups in that scene, apart from maybe, I don't know, the Doug Stanhopes, I'll just think of it just now, who are literally in it for the art of making people laugh. Like he would legitimately be doing it in a bar somewhere. Most of these guys, if stand-up didn't pay, they wouldn't be doing it. The funny thing that I that makes me laugh about is, is that, right? So I can never take them seriously about working hard. The other thing that's really hilarious about it is that this just shows you how inherently lazy stand-up comedians are. From from what we've been able to pass so far, from what we've been able to be gleaned, you know, it's not a lot of details, but everything's a bit hush-hushy, but you know, comics, they love to fucking talk. They love, you know, if they complain about people like myself doing streams and shit, comics are the worst right they can't keep secrets they love to gossip so we just hear little bits from the bits that we've heard so far about rogan's club it's incredibly well organized it's one of the best clubs in the world in terms of facilities and shit the sound audio visual all the little details people creaming themselves over the little store they put behind the curtains so that you can gather your thoughts the green room is sick you get anything you need there's no flipping hangers on in the back in the green room everything's just done you know top of top 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 of the line Another thing we've heard is that it pays well. Allegedly, Rogan pays really well. We don't know what the rate is, how he judges it, but people are saying that he pays extremely well to the point where people are saying that some people are getting overpaid, <laughs> right? That's what kind of vibe that he's on. And obviously, he's Joe Rogan, and it's Joe Rogan's comedy club. It's going to end up being probably rated one of the best comedy clubs in the world, right? Soon, if it's not already on the way. And you imagine all the clout you get from performing there. All those things in mind these fucking comedians are still lazy enough to sometimes not show up to a gig and to sometimes go on flipping benders before they go go and do one imagine that imagine you're a stand-up comedian you have joe rogan's sort of like friendship in your pocket or your friends with him just in general you get along to the point where he likes you he might invite you on a pod he thinks you're funny he might book you at his club and you don't turn up on time <laughs> you don't turn up on time right <laughs> or if you do turn up you're high you're just on the you're on a fucking um you're on a come down from a two-day bender or something just imagine that shows you everything that's inherently wrong with most of these stand-ups out there who try, and again it's, it's 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 fairly okay if they had this you know this kind of like um this sort of like laissez-faire, quasi-rockstar sort of persona where they're like, you know what? This is what we do, right? We're comics. We live this sort of life on the edge, blah, blah, blah. But it's most of these guys with podcasts, they like to make it seem that because they do a pod or because they make some content online, that it somehow constitutes as them like working on a building site. It's just bizarre that they think like creating content and most of these guys aren't editing it. They aren't clipping it up themselves. They don't design flyers. They don't design thumbnails. They're not editing anything like zero. They're just sitting in front of a camera. Someone's doing everything else for them. And they think it's the hardest job in the world. 
Well, the easiest job in the world, I think, is doing that shit. Especially if you're really good at it. It should become an autopilot. And they still can't do it. They still fuck it up. So I thought that was a hilarious insight. That people are legitimately, you know, flaking on their set at flipping um, Rogan's. Crazy. It continues. Rogan revealed that these um, past couple of months of comedy club ownership have made him sympathetic to the gatekeepers at whom he farmed his nose at when the comedy store first opened. Rogan said... There are so many factors dealing with your livelihood if you're a club owner. People get too drunk, they're crazy, they do stuff, they do this, they do that, they wreck the hotel room, and you're constantly like putting out fires. Imagine. So he, so from what I've obviously been gleaning as well, I think this is a standard thing. He invites people down, and then I guess he's got some sort of deal with a local hotel. Um, and essentially, you just a plug and play. They got everything set up for you, so you just turn up there as a comedian. They already have the openers for you who are in house. They're gonna bring in. They set you up a place to stay, and you know you do. You, you kind of get your freak on. So people are doing this. They're turning up late. They're turning up drunk. They're turning up high. They're gonna come down, and they're also trashing hotel rooms at Rogan's. You know, club is flipping booking for them. You couldn't make this up. It continues. At the start of the comedy motion's opening night back in March, Rogan celebrated this christening of the Pirate Radio Playhouse by loudly declaring, I'm drunk and the mushrooms are in my club. This is the highest I've ever been on stage. Now there's nothing that stresses Rogan out more than the comics showing up for a set, the same, the same set that he was opening night. Two months later, the hangover finally hit him. So the day-to-day -day haggles of running a club is not all it's cracked up to be. Color me surprised. But also, it's just hilarious to see that most of these guys are as lazy as we imagined they would be. Most of them. Especially the ones who have been given every advantage under the sun. They're as lazy as each other, essentially. Which also explains why the ones that become successful so quickly do become successful so quickly. Because if you're able to put in a, a minute level of effort above what the regular person does, you're going to get pretty far. If you can legitimately write as much as possible, legitimately be open to criticism, legitimately, you know, um, take notes from other comics or whatnot and be okay with it. Um, maybe put out some content that maybe doesn't go well, but just for the sake of flipping market research, go into as many spots as possible, bloody blah, 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 blah. You'll probably get really far. Obviously, you've got to be really funny. You've got to have a good stage presence, blah. We know all that stuff. But if you just insert a twinkling, a little flipping salt-based sprinkle of hard work, you're going to get far so far in this game because the majority of these guys are lazy as fuck lazy as fuck and that obviously has been proven by that article i don't say when i read it i was like what people are turning up <laughs> late or missing or flaking on their set at the cody mothership you got brendan over there crying just sitting by the phone hoping daddy rogan calls him and then you got these other guys just not showing up or showing up drunk and high and stuff like god damn it man this is annoying get it it's annoying <laughs> Anyways, moving on from that one, we've got this quick topic I wanted to mention regarding DJ Academics. DJ Academics looks like he's going down a very interesting path. I'm not going to say bad. I'm not going to say um, destructive. I'm not going to say self-tabotaging, whatever, because those are easy things to throw out there. I'm always interested in just viewing stuff from afar, especially because sometimes, you know, there is no such thing as self-sabotage. Sometimes you just do dumb shit because you want to do dumb shit. And then you just have to kind of, you know, pick up the pieces when it happens or maybe not. So DJ Academics is doing this thing now where he started this. Um, I guess the idea behind it is to have his own kind of network under the DJ Academics umbrella. So he'll have different shows, different podcasts and whatnot hosted there. And one of the first podcasts that he has featured on there 
Guess who it's with? You guessed it. Selena Powell. Selena Powell is one of the first people to have a guest show on there alongside her co-host. I'm not sure what the person's name is, but the show's called Toxic Twins. And it's episode one and it's titled How I Survived Prison and Why I Exposed Little Meech. The same show premise that essentially got No Jumper kind of blacklisted within kind of hip hop black culture over there in the West Coast. I think so. That's my theory anyway, because as it goes, if you remember your law about Selena Powell, she was closely associated with No Jumper. She was hanging with them a lot. She would jump in on shows here and there. And then eventually they ended up giving Selena Powell and I think I forgot the other girl's name, but they ended up giving the other girl and Selena Powell a show. And then I think in the process of maybe just in a stretch of four shows, it got cancelled within four shows. And in that process of four, I think they outed like 17 people or some shit, right? Like everyone from like Snoop Dogg to like random basketball players. And obviously being West Coast and stuff, a lot of those people were very upset, very mad. I think they might have even exposed something about Odell Beckham or something about him getting shitted on or something. I don't know, something mad. But essentially, stuff that if you're a you know an owner of a hip hop or black media kind of platform, you're gonna have to mind your p's and q's because if you upset the wrong people, that's you could put. Especially if you want to navigate and have you know in the industry, you want to have interviews with people, which is what No Jumpers kind of built on having interviews with artists and guests and stuff and whatever it may be. So as soon as that happened, everyone kind of I felt like distanced themselves from No Jumper. It was only until, ironically enough, when Adam kind of brought on AD, T-Rail and all those guys that suddenly then all the kind of LA hip-hop type people who are based over there were more welcoming to come on the show or to come on the platform. Guys like Wiz Khalifa, even Mozzie, um, those people I don't think wouldn't have ever come on No Jumper if it wasn't for like AD and T-Rail and that whole crew of guys. So having Selena Powell on your platform is legitimately, as the title of the show goes, very toxic and could essentially, you know, ruin relationships that you don't even know you had the potential of having or whatever it may be. But, you know, academics is going to do what academics is going to do. So let's watch the first couple of minutes of this show and see what the vibe is saying. But big up Selena Powell and this show already. How I Survived Prison and how Why I Exposed Little Meech, pilot episode. Oh, you know that, baby. Yuck. Babies, welcome to the Toxic Twins podcast. (laughs) Bitch. Bitch. We have a fucking podcast. I know, and I'm so excited for this. This is our first fucking episode. I'm so excited. Are you? Yes. Let's talk about where the fuck have you been? Because you started off with your own podcast and you just disappeared i only disappeared because i went to fucking jail then i went to prison and then i was in a fucking halfway house how the fuck was that like it's crazy you go like honestly prison wasn't that bad um i had two girlfriends i was getting fucked i had the time of my life there you were getting fucked yeah i was getting fucked how (laughs) um dude but they made a strap on with like socks and like what's that thing that they wrap it from like the kitchen um cling film Tram wrap yeah they, they made a fucking dildo with it and i was sneaking Dude, to her fucked with socks and yo what's wrong <laughs> with you you already know baby i'm not doing no fucking two years without getting sex are you dumb like i 
I went in there. I was like, it's either I'm going to fuck the guards or I'm going to fuck the inmates. And the inmates came first. So I was like, what's good? <laughs> Yo, I really thought I was going to have a cell phone and everything in, in prison. I thought I was going to be on live every day, still running my only fans. Is that whose name? Didn't um, you got tattooed on your hand? Yeah, Joyce. <laughs> you, so back, you remember that? I yeah. just remember you calling me and telling me, like, I have a girlfriend. I'm like, what do you mean you have a girlfriend? I had two. I had two. I had And she was like, yeah, all. she's in here for, like, murder. I'm like, yo, what? Like, you just <laughs> don't learn. You go from, like. Yeah, I, I like, um, you know, I'm not going to get into that, what I like. But uh, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely like the violence. But, yeah. So that's two minutes in. That's two minutes into this podcast. Two minutes. Two minutes in. <laughs> An absolute mess. But the beauty about podcasting and the beauty about content creation out there, there's something for everybody. So in the same way, you know, if you're out there and you want to see, you know, channels about gangsters and how they've rehabilitated their lives. If you want to see channels about, you know, sex workers, you can see that. If you want to see ch channels about kids that flip in buy vinyl and listen to albums in full and sit down there and dissect the albums and whatnot you can watch that people that live stream games and stuff there's always something out there for somebody right so this is definitely going to find this audience already we're looking at what how much the views are Twenty thousand views and it's only three hours which is pretty decent the like ratio thing isn't the greatest why right? 1300 um down votes to 626 up votes so clearly people don't like the sound of what they're hearing but the views and stuff will definitely propel it the reason the thing that i'm thinking about is why do we think academics is doing this why is dj academics doing this because on paper because he talks about it a lot it's the one thing he kind of always puts his hat on um, you know, I'm rich, I've got money, I'm rich, I've got money, I'm rich, I've got money, which he clearly has, he's very successful. If he is as rich as he says he is, and I think he is, personally, I don't think he's lying, you know, he's got a lot of revenue streams, you know, it, just the fact that he runs a very popular Instagram page, just from what I know from working in, you know, startups and stuff, you can easily pay people to post on one square of their Instagram feed anywhere from like, you know, five pounds to fucking 50,000. So, I'm sure he's making a decent amount of money off of his Instagram alone. Then you add in all the streaming. Then you add in the Twitch. No, the Twitch, obviously not. The AdSense. You add in the sponsors. He's got a podcast with Spotify. He's got an actual contract with them, I'm assuming. So that's even upfront money or it's money, you know, broken down and you get it as a salary or it's given to you quarterly. He just signed a deal with Rumble. So there's loads of revenue streams for academics. If that's the case... The easy thing to say, oh, he's doing it for the money, it doesn't make sense because he's got many revenue streams already. So why would he be doing this? Unless this is part of the deal of like Rumble. Maybe this is what he was doing. Maybe this is the whole game. When he signed with Rumble, part of the, part of why he wanted to kind of do go on there is because he wanted a platform that he could be kind of unfiltered with the kind of view that he was going to bring on a Selena Powell type person on the show who's a little bit nuts and all over the place and going to expose people maybe that's the thing I'm not really too sure but I think if you're academics personally for me he seems like somebody that's desperate for the acceptance or the acknowledgement from the hip-hop industry as much as she kind of rags on them um the kind of you know the what, what would you call them the media elites or the gatekeepers or whatever else whatever else their term they're called they're still i feel like part of him that wants to be accepted 
especially amongst the artists you see how he acts now you know with flipping you know nba young boy and stuff and how his tone has somewhat changed about you know how he's basically addressing nba young boy v some other people so there's clearly a certain type of artist maybe a certain age a certain caliber of people that he wants to be associated with and when it comes to the media guys there's definitely a group of guys and girls that he would like to be pally with or be in the same room with and be cool with if that's the case you just can't be having someone like selena power around Maybe you keep them in the background, you know, like other people are, because clearly a lot of people in the industry fuck with her because a lot of people in the industry have fucked her. But you can't be, you know, collaborating with her in this type of way because it's going to end up doing some irreversible damage to your other relationships. Some relationships that you don't know you had the possibility of having. So it can't be money. It's got to be clout. And if it is clout, it's a dangerous game because most likely than not, just the association with this woman will end up getting the guy in trouble and we've seen what guys do with women we've seen how crazy and unhinged they get you know people have many people many many people have died off of the back of uh arguing about girls and um you know i, I don't know Selena Powell seems like the kind of person who enjoys the chaos enjoys the drama maybe i could enjoy it too but this will probably end up in tears but that's not such a bad thing that's what i'm saying it's all entertainment. But I'm just thinking if I was Ak and I had all of his revenue streams and re and income streams, I wouldn't be doing this. There's no need to do this really. It's unnecessary. But then again, it shows the ceiling that most content creators has. And maybe this is a really strange thing to say, but it's also highlights why so many of these content creators are jumping into boxing now. There's nothing else to do really after you reach a certain point. If you're, yeah, if you're in it for the clout, you're in it for that. Because some people I'd imagine... After a certain point, you know, once you're making like, there's a bad thing to weird thing to say, but I'd imagine personally, I haven't done it yet, but I'd imagine once you're earning 10 grand, there's no real difference between earning 10 grand a month and earning 100 grand a month. You're basically doing the same type of thing. I'd imagine maybe some people go crazy, but I'd imagine your lifestyle is probably about the same when it comes to 10 and 10 and 100,000. If that's the case, why not start boxing? Because at least that lets you do something different. It's a whole different side of content. It might open up different avenues of income streams, different avenues in terms of a career. That could be a thing as well going forward, 100%. But I don't know. It could be that. Or it just could be just boredom. Or it just could be clout. And I'm kind of, um, what do you call it? I'm thinking about it too deep. It could just be the clout drug. Maybe there isn't something. Maybe even money isn't enough for some people. Maybe the fact that you're financially secure and you have the respect of some people in your industry isn't enough maybe the actual need for clout is actually way more appealing and addictive than money is or even you know fucking chicks if you're that kind of guy maybe that's the thing clout is the one because once you get the clout you get the clout it's forever it's everlasting it's kind of stamped yourself up for it who knows but um yeah mad mad occasion surprised to see this turn from him um it's probably going to end in tears but hey i'm here for the lows i'm here for the lows 
That's what I'm here for. Nothing else and nothing else beside that. Moving on from that also, another bit of flipping academics news. He's, you know, like an idiot, decided to get himself involved in the little Dirk and NBA young boy beef. It's way too complicated and too layered to get in detail with and describe, but there's many YouTube videos out there kind of rounding up the beef. So if you want to check it out, please do. Just YouTube search little Dirk, NBA young boy beef, and you'll find loads of cool documentaries that kind of break it down. But essentially, it's a real one. Many a people on either side of the camps have died, um, most notably, of course, King Vaughan. And it's definitely a beef that's going to be, it feels like long lasting at this point with these kind of guys. One blood, once blood is spilt, there is no kind of putting that genie back in the bottle, no way, shape or form. There is no resolution, no nothing. They're going to be warring until, you know, either party passes away or until they're old. It just is what it is. And for some reason, academics wanted to get himself involved in this and insert himself in the situation by kind of antagonizing things. He appeared on some random stream and basically said, yeah, the beef between NBA Youngboy, Lil Durk is kind of off, it's cancelled. Um, they've made up or something. And he obviously said it in a sarcastic kind of academics way, but still, it's just a necessary thing to say, especially considering how real this beef is. It's not some like hip hop beef like on the wax beef sort of thing this is actually real stuff happening in the streets people are actually losing their lives people's lives are in danger it's not the most um it's not the most uh you know harmless thing out there it definitely will cause people grievous bodily harm he did so and then nba young boy went on a bit of a rant online you know getting at him and basically saying hey we're not cool anymore because for a period of time academics was very cool with um NBA Youngboy, they used to speak quite a lot in the background in the scene. I think that there's the legend is he's recorded a two hour, no, I think a six hour podcast or something with NBA Youngboy who said to never release it until he dies or something, or whatever. You know, NBA Youngboy is notoriously very, very media shy, very, very anti media, anti industry. So for him to have a relationship with ACK is a big thing. For some reason, academics took that for granted, or he basically assumed because they speak on the phone about industry stuff or about music that they're somehow friends. He took, got too comfortable, said what he said. Um, NBA Youngboy went off. And I guess Ak was trying to like, you know, play it off like it wasn't a big deal. And at the same time he was streaming, NBA Youngboy went live and said the following. This video is fucking hilarious because he's trying to act cool about it, but you can tell, you can tell Ak is nervous. In my opinion, anyway. You can tell he's a bit nervous about this. Let's play the video. Bitch, I know I ain't flying. Worry about no numbers, nigga. Bitch ass, nigga. Let's play lip bang, take lip bang. Your stupid drunk face ass. Mm. That's all you like to do, bitch, is get drunk and talk shit. <laughs> that was gonna get you fucked up, nigga. <laughs> the Yo, I swear, young boy's trolling. Uh, he's not trolling you, brother. He said quite clearly, if you keep on fucking around and running your mouth, I can even understand the accent. You're gonna get yourself in trouble. Your mouth is gonna end up getting you in trouble, and that's legitimately the truth. Yo, chat, I swear young boy's trolling me. I swear he's not. You, you know why he's trolling me? Because young boy's been on the phone and be like, man, I just like to watch you. I just like to watch you when you popping your shit. Like, How can you not understand somebody can like you one day, especially a goon? How can you not understand goons are temperamental and one day they can wake up and think, fuck you and fuck everything you stand for? He literally said that. Anyway, let's not play that. But yeah, you get the gist, right? Um, 
the issue that I've always kind of had with Akron, this sort of thing, I don't mind the guy. I think he's really entertaining and shit. And he's clearly carved a kind of path for him that many other people have followed behind him. And essentially, you know, single-handedly changed hip-hop media forever for the good and for the bad. But generally, I think for the good. The thing that's always annoyed me about him has been him mostly as a person. I'm not really too bothered about his opinions on music because, you know, you look at the guy, he's not exactly somebody that you'd go to for good musical taste. You know, I wouldn't think so. Even though his name is DJ Academics, he doesn't really strike me as somebody who has a great taste in music. But you go to him for the news, the fuck shit, and whatever it may be. But I don't understand why, as a person, he's kind of like weird to kind of get your head around, especially when you think about the whole notion of oh i'm not a, i'm not from the streets i'm just a journalist cool then why do you keep like barking at these rappers when they get in the beef with you like you're gonna do something whether it's Lil baby or freddie gibbs and stuff you'll start shouting and screaming and talking real tough on the microphone and the thing that's really annoying about it is that he knows that he doesn't go outside like that he knows that he stays his ass indoors and doesn't really go to the places where all these guys are at to be you know ever have you know to ever be in some kind of level of danger he knows that so for the comfortability of his own home he could just keep barking which i don't like i think if you're going to stand up to these rappers and be like hey because i think he's got a point some of these rappers do take the piss especially when it comes to media they feel like everything rolls around them it kind of does but they kind of you know they take it a little bit too literally and they need to kind of uh, allow him to do his job um, and report the stuff he reports without getting butt hurt. That should be the name of the game. Or if I have wanted to put like hands on him and shit or whatever, that's not necessary. But he also has to understand that you just can't be talking to anybody every, any way you want just because you have money and because you're kind of hidden away in your home. That makes you look like a lame. So if you're going to do the whole like, let me shout at you from the comfort of my, behind my computer, do that, own it. But then you can't have both things. You can't be the, I'm going to shout back and stand up for myself and not be bullied. But then I'm also not going to go outside. Like That's just really strange. To face your bully, you have to kind of face them. You can't just be shouting at them from behind the screen. And um, I think ever since that whole Blueface thing went down, when he essentially turned down the fade from Blueface and was kind of copping, please, but then he went to fight little baby and then this and then not really. And then the Rory and more stuff. I think this guy's like... All of those beefs, he probably has all the reason to be for them, especially the Rory and more stuff. If the story about Rory going to his house and putting the letter box, the letter through his post box is true, he's got every reason to be, you know, fuck Rory to life. But at a certain point, you just have to chill and stop and just kind of, you know, you got the W, you won, well done. You ended his engagement, you embarrassed him, you done, you danced on his grave and shit, you enjoy our friends, cool. You just keep going and going. Knowing full well you're not going to come outside. It's just a bit lame. And then on top of that, the other thing, the hard on thoughts thing. How can you be hard on thoughts when essentially you wife them? No, again, no shame. Everyone's got their flipping taste. Everyone's got their things they're into. But how can you be hard on thoughts when you wife them? It's just weird. Especially the fact that he's wifing the ones who are like savages. He's wifing the ones who are like, they know how to run guys' pockets. These guys are, these girls are pros. I mean, they've seen, they've chewed, they've chewed up and spat out many uh, mightier men than academics. And he feels that like he can kind of wrangle them and sort of like tame them some way. So it's never going to happen. So that's the only thing that's kind of a little bit confusing and annoying about the guy. But overall, I'm eager to see it play out in real time. Personally, eager to see it play out in real time. Because from my point of view, or from where I sit, he seems to be in a fairly comfortable position. But he seems to be purposely throwing himself into the volcano for no reason. You're making a lot of money streaming. 
you've got a deal with Rumble, you've got a podcast deal with Spotify, you've got one of the biggest hip-hop platforms on social media. Why are you associating with Selena Powell? And why are you inserting yourself into real rap and street beef between NBA Youngboy and Little Duck? Why are you doing that? Just report the news, save something hot or nah, whatever, you know, put post music videos, do the thing that you always used to do. All this other shit is not the lick. But maybe it is, especially from an entertainment point of view. Maybe we just sit here and watch it and I stop complaining about things because you know what? Entertainment is entertainment, blood clot. Moving on from that one, the quick one to talk about is this regarding Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz has announced recently on his uh, podcast, Uncle Joey's Joint, episode number 242, that the podcast is now going to be going fully audio. Who would have guessed that, eh? Joe Joey Diaz's podcast is going fully audio. No more video content um, from Joey Diaz. The podcast is going to go full audio. To personally speaking, just from my point of view, having obviously a podcast and live streaming myself, and obviously having a Patreon, sign up to my Patreon, link down below. I've noticed, and I have to be honest about it. I've noticed when I used to first record my podcast, I noticed for whatever reason that I think the quality is way better when it's just audio. There's something about knowing that no one's watching what you and just concentrating on the words you say and kind of constructing and putting together a show that I think it just flows way better. Just audio. It flows way, way better. Um, but unfortunately, in the content creation game we're at, at the moment, video is king because you can just clip it into many different formats and many different platforms and you can just do more with it as opposed to just audio. That's the only issue nowadays you're kind of limiting yourself in how much content you can do on top of that so that's the issue that he's probably going to have with this but i feel like you know as an older dude it makes complete sense why he's doing this to be honest but let's play the clip anyway of joe diaz explaining why he's changing um tact and deciding to go audio only with his podcast i'm gonna get out there and do some more podcasts the next week and uh as you see today we're doing audio only you know, we want to try something fucking new here. Uh, we're a little burnt out with the YouTube thing. I'm sick of looking at me. You're sick of looking at me, you know. So we're going to do different things here. I, listen, I always appreciate it. When I started the podcast, I didn't know anything about YouTube. We didn't do anything with YouTube. I really appreciated podcasting for one fucking reason. I'll tell you what the truth is. I appreciated that it made us listen again. I always looked at those pictures from the 50s and the 40s when you see a family sitting around a radio listening to the Green Hornet or War of the Worlds with whatever or whatever fucking you know, show they were watching, Sergeant Bilko. There was all these radio pictures when I was a kid and I would watch that and go, wow, that seems so cool. It seems kind of faggy, but at the same time, <laughs> it seems kind of cool. Like when you look at it, that you, that you just listened. No visual. You just sat there with one ear towards the thing. You know, when I was growing up and you got earphones, you got an AM radio. You didn't get speakers with it. You got a cord with just one plug. And you had to sit there with that one fucking... I still remember being in the fourth grade with one of those radios that had the waves that you get China and shit like that. Had like 18 levels. That's the only fucking thing I ever won in a raffle. In the fourth grade, I run a fucking radio like a CB... And everything. What's those things? Hey, Trucker 19, CB radio, everything in there. I could talk to truck drivers at night and get molested in the fourth grade. It was fucking crazy. 
Anyway, you get the gist. <laughs> He's gone off a bit of a tangent. But anyway, um, answering what's the question I was saying in the chat? I've never heard Jared Melleric. I've never had a podcast without a video. I've only seen podcasts on YouTube. I don't even know where to hear podcasts. See, that's the issue though. Originally, 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 listening to flipping podcasts would be only audio. Like most of the main places that I used to listen to podcasts audio-wise were Apple Podcasts, um, app, obviously, when you're using your iPhone and shit. Um, there's other third-party apps you can use as well, like Overcast, um, obviously, um, podcasts on Spotify. But most of the time, it was always through Apple Podcasts is where I found most of mine. And then there was a time when I used to search on Libsyn, but usually it's on Apple Podcasts. And um, over time, it felt like, it started off with audio, then it evolved into flipping video. And now video podcasts are like a thing where some people don't even have an audio element. They just have a video element and that's it, which is obviously whatever it may be. But I feel like from a content creation point of view, if you're making it, I generally, generally do think that you do get a better show or you're able to kind of put on a better show, perform a little bit better, provide better entertainment by just filming or recording something audio only. There is something quite intimate, something quite, um, I don't know how to call it. It's kind of hands-on. You can have notes, you can shuffle through. I don't know. It just feels a little bit more radio broadcasty type. I don't know. There's something about it, recording audio only. I've noticed it with the stuff that I record on Patreon. I feel like it has a far better flow than the things I record when I stream on live, especially because on live you're having to kind of be aware that you're putting on a live quote-unquote show. You can't have too many pauses and stuff. You kind of have to just keep going and going, going, and going. Whereas when you're recording on audio, you can take things a bit slower. You can do like your NPR voice and whatnot. I mean, you can kind of go with that sort of vibe. But with Joey Diaz specifically in this point, I get it. Because for him, it's quite clear that he's kind of like, you know, in a whole different space. Ever since he's moved to New Jersey, ever since he left LA and all the cocksuckers over there and stuff, he's clearly in a different space. Um, he's loving life. He's enjoying being with his family and friends and just taking stuff easy. He's got popping Patreon that's doing decent bits. His YouTube's still doing bits for him as well. He can do a show here and there if he wants to or go on a run and talk if he needs a quick bag. The book is probably going to do him very well if it gets optioned out for something like a TV series or a movie or he gets to do another book or he gets to do more books, right? All those things are definitely in the pipeline or definitely in the avenue. So it makes sense that he's maybe taking his foot off the pedal a little bit when it comes to video podcasting. It makes sense. And also maybe just self preservation point of view if you do want to go forward and do other things maybe review removing yourself video wires and kind of having all that stuff that you said crazy before be a little bit more in the past so it's not there's not much recent stuff where you say nutty stuff because for the most part on uncle joey's joint he doesn't really say any crazy things really you know to be honest he's kind of mellow on his own podcast um, now um, than he was on the church of what's happening now so this makes a lot of sense to be honest I'm rooting for him I've got a lot of time for Joe Diaz like I said he's got me through a lot of tough times and most of my kind of podcasting experience and listening has been during my hell days of working in retail working in bars and stuff working in stock rooms um, you know working in pop-up shopping art fairs like horrible things right stuff that I just don't want to remember and part of the reason why I love podcasts is because 
because they let you actually kind of you know the, the day kind of went by super quickly listening to them in the back having one earbud in and shit and kind of giggling to yourself at all these guys that you kind of felt like you knew so they kind of guided you through and of course along the way they kind of you dropped some pearls and sort of wisdom here and there so um i'm liking this evolution and it's also nice to see this is weird to say that it's also nice to see this a comedian who's not hanging on for dear life or a podcaster or a content creator because it feels like everybody else they're not they're just never going to let it go i look at someone like a dark side field a bad example but a streamer like that that's always online begging there's no exit plan he's been involved in live streaming gaming for like 15 plus years he should be a multi-millionaire by now there should be a retirement plan by now but he's just doing the same thing every single day and i feel like part of it is obviously you know being addicted to the begging for tips and shit online but also part of it is that it gives you a purpose you got something to do you wake up every day and you stream games. You wake up every day and you talk about people and shit. That's, you know, it gives you something to do. But surely there should be more to life than just doing the same thing every day until the day that you die. And I feel like, you know, Joey Diaz has find those interest. He's kind of, you know, um, reconnected with his family, found some new stuff he's kind of interested in, he wants to do, and he's pursuing it and maybe podcasting and talking about, you know, um, I don't know, jumping through people's windows and stuff isn't probably the best thing anymore at this stage of his life. So it makes complete sense for me personally. But yeah, big up Joey Diaz. Um, big up Joey Diaz. What people are saying here, the chat to me, what you're saying, what you're saying in the chat. The thing about Bill Byrne and uh, Red Band argued about oh yeah true yeah big up hando big up true 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 i've never been to apple store you should check it out jared Malik, it's, a, it's a fantastic place uja says it's nice connecting to my car bluetooth and just listening audio you have a good driving voice az oh big up thank you Uche. you're amazing yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think i've been in many a cars with other friends because clearly i don't drive because i'm a londoner right we don't have driving licenses here i have a fucking pedal bike right that's what i do I fucking pedal and shit but having been in cars with my friends I've had many a car rides where we've been been busting up laughing listening to old podcasts and shit so it's definitely a thing that people do and I think a lot of people which is why radio is still king because a lot of kind of cars come inbuilt with radio and shit and when you're on drives and stuff sometimes you want to just listen to programming that's kind of done for you you don't want to be changing channels where you just want to leave something on and make sure that it sounds kind of good when you're in there so it makes complete sense that's why I'm actually I can't wait until I drive actually I'm looking forward to that man go on long rides just be like listening to fucking perfume nationalist seven hour podcast on fucking iron rand right just driving around listening to fucking red scare on blast <laughs> in my little flipping nissan <laughs> listen to red scare in my little nissan it'd be sick but yeah I'm, I'm on that but yeah big up the chat big up the chat i appreciate all of you guys man moving on from that one we've got probably um an interesting clip here courtesy of burt kreischer um Every day sometimes, or every time I see content from Burt Kreischer, I thank the heavens more and more that I'm a regular schmegular civilian. A regular civilian who doesn't get to laugh too much. A regular civilian that's not involved in the business of comedy. Because, you know, as Burt Kreischer famously said on Something's Burning with um, that guy KFC and somebody else, he said, oh, you know, regular people don't laugh that much because they're not involved in the, in the business of comedy. You don't get to laugh day to day <laughs> or something nonsense like that. You know, you know Burt, isn't it? Um, yeah, every time I see content regarding Burt Kreischer, it reminds me every single day why sometimes being a regular schmegular guy, civilian, who just wants to, you know, work a job, make some money, 
buy some beers, hang out with their friends, chill out with their family, and doesn't constantly feel the need to, you know, talk about their flipping daughter's periods and take their t-shirt off for laughs and giggles at 50, nearly 60 years of age. I think it's quite good. Not too bad, honestly. Um, there's nothing really you look at Burt Crash and say, hey, you want from his life apart from the money. But if the money has to come with taking off your t-shirt, um, you know, on stage every single night, then probably the money's not worth it, to be honest. And this latest clip is an example of why maybe being a regular schmegular guy is pretty cool. Courtesy of Burt Crash's Twitter, it says, join me and Bigger Jackson for a tour. Were they touring somewhere? Let me pause it before I read the flipping caption. At the Red Rocks on October 4th, it says, so this is an advert for tickets for his flipping new show that he's doing, right? And he's decided to uh, bear it all. It wasn't enough taking off his t-shirt, so he decided to do a skit where he's uh, sitting on a toilet seat, One, two, three, standing up pissing. Yeah, standing up pissing and stuff. And I don't know, will I get taken down for showing this on my on my flipping stream? I'm not too sure. But essentially, the video, um, it's, it's him superimposed three times. One person shitting, one person pissing with their top off, one person pissing with their no top off and shit. And it's just, yeah, it's mad. It's a bit mad. Let's play the video again. This is our third time at Red Rocks, and we're calling it Triplet for three. It's happening October 4th. Tell them where they can get tickets. Anyway, you get the gist, right? The tickets are going to be you know, listed on there, all the dates, him looking like he's shitting and pissing, and that he's straining and stuff. And that's the funny, I guess that's the humor. That's the humor in the entire thing. And then you look at it and you think to yourself, like, Burt Kreischer, right? Uh, age. How old is Burt Kreischer? 50 years old. 50 years of age. And allegedly, he's part of the 1,000 comics out there. There's only 1,000 of them, according to Joe Rogan. Only 1,000 of them that you should bother thinking about. And he's one of the hallowed 1,000. He's 50. 50 years of age, right? And this is the flipping comedy that he's doing. Oh, don't worry, is it? Let me do it. Where is it? Uh, it doesn't matter. You saw the comedy. 50 years of age. 50 years of age. I would be embarrassed, personally. If that was me, I'd be embarrassed. But hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you say here? It's like Burke thinks he's, us peasants are too busy working in, <laughs> in the manager to laugh. Exactly. Men sitting on the toilet look so vulnerable. Natasha is, um Eddie D says, I haven't seen or listened to Jerry since it stopped live streaming on, on uh, Ustream. Wow. There's a lot of people that... That's the thing, though, that proves Joe Rogan is an absolute animal, though. Because I remember the Ustream days. I remember the YouTube days and obviously the Spotify days. He's probably lost a big chunk of fans moving from YouTube to Spotify. But it hasn't made a dent, as Chris D'Elia would say. That shows you how big he is. Because regular people, if they move... Like, I think a good example is, like, um, Call Her Daddy. When Core Daddy, those two girls split up, they lost a huge chunk of their fan base because essentially one half went to one half went with the with the girl with the black hair, the other one went with the blonde. And then of course when they went on Spotify and they signed an exclusive deal, they lost a bunch of fans also, to the point now where the show's completely different to what it was when it first started. And it can negatively impact the show. And I'm sure the listenership isn't as high as it was, but you know, you get the upfront money. So taking those deals is a big risk. But sometimes if you trust yourself, it doesn't actually matter. Um, Tashki said, "Ustream. Oh, Ustream was before Twitch. 
Latashki is basically the precursor of Twitch Ustream, similar sort of site um, where people could basically live stream their shows, you know, for lack of a better term. Um, moving on from that one, we've got this news here, courtesy of Glenn Greenwald. Um, thoughts and feelings go out to Glenn Greenwald and prayers and healing to all his family because this is quite terrible news that I saw on social. It says here, with great, um, with most profound sadness, is that I announce the passing away of my husband, David Miranda Rio. We would have, he would have been 38 tomorrow which is Jesus, day before his birthday, you know, fucking hell. His death early this morning came after a nine-month battle in the ICU. He died in full peace, surrounded by our children, family members, and friends. So, unfortunately, um, Glenn Greenwald's husband, David Miranda Rio, um, the guy that he lives with over there in Brazil, I think most of you are familiar with, um, unfortunately passed away. Um, absolutely tragic news here. Um, it continues, it says, David's life was extraordinary in many ways. His mother died when he was five, leaving him an orphan in Jaracinho. Um, But a beautiful and compassionate neighbor, Donna Elena, took him in despite having four children of her own and deep poverty becoming his mum and gave him a chance for a new life that gave david the chance to fill his new life potential in society that often suffocates it he was a key of the snowden story became the first gay man to be elected in rio city council and then the federal congress of 32 he inspired so many of his biography passion and a force for life because of how David grew up, there were many assumptions made by those who didn't know him. Anyone who did will tell you that there was nobody with a stronger will of, of life or will or life force. He was proud that he would be named by time our next generation leaders. But by far David's biggest dreams that have given him the greatest pride and purpose was being a father. He was the most dedicated and loving parent. He taught me how to be a father and our truly excellent, exceptional boys with their own difficult start in life is this greatest legacy. When David arrived at the hospital last August the 6th, I was told that there was a little chance he would survive the week. I heard the same three times since. He refused in classic David style. The last four months gave our family the most beautiful moments together. David was the singular, strongest, most passionate, most compassionate man I've known. Nobody had the bad word for him. I can't describe the loss and pain. I'll do my best to honour his legacy, our children and our NGOs. And I know so many will celebrate him and his impact. Obrigado, Presidente. Jesus, even the president of fucking Brazil uh, made tribute to fucking, um, what you call it, um, Green, Glenn Greenwald's husband so yeah RIP man RIP to the guy absolute tragedy can't imagine what they're going through especially having loads of young kids um you know it's probably a madness to be honest I can't even imagine what they're going through to be fair so um RIP RIP to David Miranda and thoughts and feelings and strength and blessings and prayer and healing to Glenn Greenwald man troubling troubling times Moving on from that one, more bad news, more bad news for Tory Lanez. Unfortunately, Tory Lanez, more bad news. Tory Lanez denied a new trial after conviction for the Megan Thee Stallion shooting. Lanez had called um, his December trial and guilty verdict a miscarriage of justice, but Los Angeles judge did not buy it. The star now heads for sentencing. And they're saying sentencing is going to happen usually sometime around June. And he's facing up to 22 years, which is nuts. He probably won't. Hmm, I'm not going to say that. Won't get that. Because I feel like they want to make an example out of him. He probably will get that, unfortunately. Um, it's a real tragic way to kind of end this story. And, of course, there's more information here. Because of Rolling Stone. Because they've been really on the tilt to flipping bury him. And write some really scathing reports about Tory Lanez. So let's see what they say here. 
says Toyland's request for a new trial was denied on Tuesday, according to City News Services. The rapper now awaits sentencing of being found guilty of December shooting of Megan Asalian. Lane, whose real legal name is Daystar Peterson, and his legal team had indicated for several months after the guilty verdict that the, they'll be filing for a new trial, officially filing for the motion on March 29th. Um, the hearing for the new trial motion had been punted many times before finally getting underway at Los Angeles on Monday with Judge David Hereford issuing the ruling on Tuesday. Peterson will be sentenced on June 13th per report of Megan Cuniff, who's now been known as Megan the reporter because she's, you know, been reporting favorably for Megan the on this issue. It continues, says... Los Angeles Times reporter James Queeley tweeted during the hearing on Tuesday that Peterson's legal team took an aggressive step and motioned to disqualify Hereford from the case, though Hereford still issued his ruling against the retrial. Attorney Joe Bays and Lane's team did file a motion to disqualify Hereford. I don't know on what grounds. Duh, duh, duh. So they tried to get the judge off the case, which probably wasn't a good idea. In Peterson's motion for the new trial, his attorneys, Joe Bays and Matthew Bahoma, said that the judge erroneously allowed for jurors to view an Instagram comment from Lane's personal account that refuted claims that Megan's former friend, Kelsey Harris, was a shooter. The filing also included declarations from Joshua Farris, an associate of Peterson, who claimed that he was the one who posted it the court erred on the numerous questions of the law allowing people to introduce the post deprived defendant of trial the motion said the only acceptable remedy and miscarriage justice a new trial uh, prosecutors responded to the notion as Kanaka first reported calling the court to dismiss the request and stating that Peterson failed to demonstrate any error by uh, by the trial court in support of his motion uh, Peterson himself was purportedly dissatisfied with the case development with the source provider Rosone that he regretted not testifying during a trial and that he felt misled by his attorney not to testify. Peterson was convicted of three charges on all three charges on December 25th and faced up to 22 years. 22 years. Um, so what's my final case on this? My final opinion. My final opinion is most likely Tory Lanez is innocent. I think we can all kind of agree that the evidence so far isn't pointing to one person being the shooter. It could be many people. It could be two people, but it definitely isn't just Tory. Tory definitely isn't, I don't think, completely to blame for what happened. But, but the biggest issue I've always had with this story is that, you know, I'm, I'm personally somebody that kind of advocates for the, um, extreme ownership principles right um made famous by Jocko Wilnick he's got a book about it it's somewhere on my bookshelf and I kind of prescribed to that kind of way of living my life extreme ownership and at the end of the day Tory Lanez only has Tory Lanez to blame even if Megan Stallion did falsely accuse him of shooting him which is probably the case and he's gonna go to prison even though he's innocent which is probably the case at the heart of the issue if Tory Lanez would have kept his dick in his pants and not try to smash everything that moved, he wouldn't be in this position. If he just would have been happy with smashing two best friends behind each other's back, which is already a bit of a flipping flex and a W, especially considering he's flipping one is Megan Thee Stallion and the other one is Kelsey at the time where everybody was into. Why wasn't that enough? That wasn't enough. They end up going to Kylie's flipping house. Kylie ends up giving Kylie Jenner ended up giving Tory Lanez the eyes, and from what we've been able to pass together, Kylie giving Tory Lanez the eyes is what then spurs the argument, because the eyes lead to Tory Lanez acting up and trying to make a move, 
Then I think Megan Asadian leaves with, I think, Kelsey. Then they come back and get Tory because they want to destroy his night because, you know, fuck him. And then once they get into the car, an argument ensues and that leads to everybody finding out they're fucking each other, which leads to the shooting. So at the heart of it, if Tory would have just acted chill like Kylie's, saw the eyes and just took it as some innocent flirting and kind of kept it moving, none of this would have happened. But the fact that he allowed himself to get too excited, sorry, and to not keep his composure, to not drink some much-needed water when needed, kind of put him in his trouble. And obviously, he didn't take the right counsel from his legal team. Whoever told him not to testify was stupid. He should have been on that flipping. There should have been video footage. There should be clips. There should be video. There should be audio footage of Tory Lanez on the stand crying and weeping and saying, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. But he acted too cool. He was acting too reserved, too chilled, hoping that the you know the justice system would do him right. And obviously it didn't do him right. It fucked him over. He didn't take enough ownership of the narrative, as some people would say. He wasn't out here really fighting his case. He let the courts do it. He let his judges do it. He let media people do it. He didn't really come out and say categorically, hey, here's what happened. And if he would have done it, maybe it would have helped in the court of public opinion. Maybe it wouldn't have. But regardless, if the guy would have kept his dick in his pants, he would have never been in this position. And this, I think, should be a cautionary tale for most people. For most guys out there, should be a cautionary tale. Don't get too excited. Be chill. Be chill. Don't do too much. Act cool. Relax. Because if you don't, you could go from swimming in Kylie's pool to facing up to 22 years. Can you imagine that? Contrast. Swimming in Kylie Jenner's pool, sugar like a baby in a manger, I think he said in one of the lyrics. And now you're facing 22 years in jail, in prison, sorry, not jail, in prison. You're probably going to get, what's your thing called? He's probably going to get, um, what's that word called? Deported, right? As well on the back of this. You'll be a felon. It'll probably be hard for you to come in and out of the country. It's going to be a lot of adjustment. It's going to change his life completely. I'm not sure what's going to be doing, what's going to happen with his kid, if his kid was born here, born in the States, sorry, or born in Canada. I don't know. It's a whole lot of issues. But in the heart of it, in the heart of it, ascribing to the personal responsibility and extreme ownership type of thing, you have to just be able to keep your composure, in my opinion. That's what I think. But hey, what do I know? What do I know? Um, I wonder if Megan is sleeping well at night off the back of this because I've read somewhere that she's going to be filing a victim impact statement. So clearly she doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> she's going to be, you know, she's going to be sending in a victim impact statement. Someone's going to be reading it out. It's going to be really tearful and shit. So she's clearly going to be basking it because it's a bit too late because if you're Megan Thee Stallion, right? And let's imagine for one moment, let's believe the narrative that she lied, that she purposely lied about Tory Lane shooting her. Let's believe that for a bit. Or what I like to believe, to be more charitable to her, is that she didn't really see him shoot her, but by the, you know, by the vibe of the argument and shit and the fact that they were fighting, let's just say it was him. So maybe she didn't lie flat out, but, you know, whatever, still a lie. So if that's the case and you lied, why own up to it now? Just leave it alone. 
it's a bad vibes. You're putting an innocent man in prison, but it's probably worse if you own up to it now. It's sort of like fucking Juicy Smollett. If Juicy Smollett comes out tomorrow and says, all right, I own up to it. I did set up that whole thing with the Osandara brothers. I did tell them to put a hat, you know, to flip and put a rope around my neck and pour bleach on me and say, this is MAGA country. It was me. It's probably going to do more damage. You're probably better off just keeping quiet and hoping it goes away. It's too late now. The opportunity for you to own up to your mistakes and to your lies has already gone. So I think with Megan Thee Stallion, if you did lie, you just got to like, let that guy rot in prison. It's fucked up and shit. But if you come out and say that you lied, your life is fucking over. As you know it. You're going to have to move to Madrid with Amber Heard and shit. Megan ain't, Megan ain't doing no fucking uh, hola, right? She's not doing no hola. She's not doing no buenos dias. Buenos dias, sorry. She's not doing none of that shit. <laughs> Megan ain't going to learn Portuguese, Italian, French. That's what's going to happen. So if you're Megan Italian, you just got to be like, you know what? Someone had to pay the price. My career is more important. I love my career more than I love you. It is what it is. And just kind of keep your mouth shut. And just refuse to do media probably until, you know, forever. Like, unless it's like white media. You know what I mean? Because like, they're not going to give you any hard hitting questions. Just refuse to do hip hop based platforms. Don't do podcasts and stuff. And just kind of live your life, you know, away from people. You would imagine so. But anyway, let's move on, man. Let's move on. Um, let's move on. I want to talk about this quickly. Uh, let's talk about this quickly. So have you guys seen this? This is pretty interesting, right? Regarding Tucker Carlson. So all the noise around Tucker Carlson post um, Fox News exit has been a bit weird because I've heard some reports say that He's technically still um, employed by Fox. They're still paying him, which means that he can't essentially jump onto another platform and become a host on there. There might be a non-compete clause in his contract, blah, blah, blah. But whatever the case may be, one thing is for sure, like him or lump him, that guy's a big deal. No one's going to make this kerfuffle about somebody, especially a news presenter or news anchor, if they weren't just some any guy. So clearly the guy's got power, the guy's got clout, the guy's got viewership, he's got an audience, and, you know, he's that guy, he is him. So because he is him, everyone's kind of clamoring to get him signed on their platform because, you know, the Fox exit, everyone saw the stats and the viewership numbers he was bringing there. So people are just looking at the maps and thinking, especially the way the culture's going, he's going to be prime time. He's going to definitely bring the eyes and the attention on your platform. We saw the Valuetainment and the Patrick Bet David sending him an offer and stuff, whatever. But out of nowhere, it feels like out of the blue, so, you know, Patrick Bet David, I would have thought a streaming platform would have jumped on him, like a Rumble or like a Kick or something. All these other platforms you would imagine that he would have jumped on, right? But out of the blue, it still feels like out of nowhere, he appears on Twitter and says, we're back. And this is his first message posted directly on Twitter. It's now got 5.2 million views. It's a three minute video of Tucker Carlson explaining what his next step's going to be on Twitter directly. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. You often hear people say the news is full of lies, but most of the time that's not exactly right. Much of what you see on television or read the New York Times is in fact true in the literal sense. It could pass one of the media's own fact checks. Lawyers would be willing to sign off on it. In fact, they may have, but that doesn't make it true. It's not true. At the most basic level, the news you consume is a lie. 
a lie of the stealthiest and most insidious kind. Facts have been withheld on purpose, along with proportion and perspective. You are being manipulated. How does that work? Let's see. If I tell you that a man has been unjustly arrested for armed robbery, that is not, strictly speaking, a lie. He may have been framed. At this point, there's been no trial, so no one can really say. But if I don't mention the fact that the same man has been arrested for the same crime six times before, am I really informing you? No, I'm not. I'm misleading you. And that's what the news media are doing in every story that matters, every day of the week, every week of the year. What's it like to work in a system like that? After more than 30 years in the middle of it, we could tell you stories. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can but there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess, it's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. It's filthy, really, and it's utterly corrupting. You can't have a free society if people aren't allowed to say what they think is true. Speech is the fundamental prerequisite for democracy. That's why it's enshrined in the first of our constitutional amendments. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. And yet, for the most part, the news that you see analyzed on Twitter comes from media organizations that are themselves thinly disguised propaganda outlets. You see it on cable news. You talk about it on Twitter. The result may feel like a debate, but actually the gatekeepers are still in charge. We think that's a bad system. We know exactly how it works, and we're sick of it. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We'll be bringing some other things too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. See you soon. I love the fact that he's now trying to position himself as the truth teller. Whenever someone else says, hey, they're lying, I'm telling the truth, be suspicious of everybody. No one's telling you the complete truth. That's the fact of it. You have to kind of, unfortunately, gather information from various different places and make your own decision or come to some point of view or use your critical thinking, you know, um, methods or whatever it may be to come to some sort of conclusion. But the idea that one person's going to tell you the absolute truth and still you're right is just ridiculous. But just from a purely content creation point of view it's really interesting to see that now twitter has kind of positioned itself to a place where they are going to be competing with a youtube they'll be competing with a tiktok with an instagram not only just on just the social media side of things on like oh this is a text-based social media no and we're going to be the home for everything so if you want to write something if you want to post a picture if you want to do a live stream if you want to do a spaces like recently this is a new addition on Twitter that, I've, that I didn't see before, where they now got the sidebar here, has all the spaces of people that you're kind of connected to hosting at the moment or where they're sitting in on. So you can quickly click it on desktop because usually spaces, you can only listen to them on flipping your phone. So that's pretty sick. So clearly they are positioning themselves that way. So 
what I've also heard from them, I think he kind of posted, um, Elon posted it as a reply as to what they're going to be doing in terms of splits. Somebody asked a question um, underneath Tucker's post here called Ed Krasenstein. And they said, you're right about everything you said, but the platform, um, but the problem, sorry, you're right about everything that you said, but the problem is that you are just as guilty as those that you accuse of doing those things. Exactly what I said. And how many times have we set the narrative without telling all the facts? You tell the facts that you want to use for your narrative while leaving the expulsory facts out. Are you willing to admit that? And then Elon Musk replied and said the following. On this platform, unlike the one-way street of broadcast, uh, people are able to interact, critique and refute whatever he or anyone has to say, which is very true. And of course, anything misleading will get community notes, which is a really good feature. Anytime you put out some flipping nonsense, it can get community noted where somebody can basically put like a box under your tweet that says, hey, this is actually the facts. It's sort of like... um. It reminds me of like a fat checker type of thing. It continues. Um, Elon's response. He says, I also want to be clear that we have not signed a deal of any kind whatsoever because the rumours were first that Tucker signed a deal. And he's like, no, we haven't signed a deal. Tucker is, sub is subject to the same rules and rule and content, rules and content of all content created, which is again, something, you know, say what you want about Elon. But the fact that he's trying to democratise social media is sick. Like, you know, if you want a verification, you pay for it. You pay $9 or $8. Celebrities have to pay 8 or $9 too, unless the ones he obviously paid for. But everybody gets treated the same. Same thing with this. So whatever content or whatever kind of, um, you know, um, money arrangement they've got with content creators is going to be the same across the board. Whatever deal Tucker gets, I get anyone else gets, which is sick. Rewards means subscriptions and advertising revenue share. Still working out the software needed for the latter, which is a function of how many people subscribe and the advertising views associated with this content. I hope that many others, particularly from the left, also choose to be content creators on this platform. That's what I want to see, especially from the American side of things. I really want to see that healthy debate because we have a lot of that in the UK. For like it or not, I think we have a, a fair amount of people on either side of the aisle, um, whether it comes to conservative or if it comes to more liberal people, kind of debating openly about certain topics. But I feel like for whatever reason in America, there may be, you know, the left and the right kind of live on their own kind of platforms and you know they don't really engage or interact with other people and I think that's kind of necessary for healthy debate so that'll be cool to see most likely it won't happen because a lot of these guys are going to get butt hurt that Tucker Carlson's on Twitter and he's being sort of like welcomed with open arms and not going to like it but I feel like this is going to be the best place to kind of do that thing so I liked what he said there and I think Elon had another update also about it regarding the splits for content creators which I thought was interesting here um, oh, yeah, this is it. What did he say? No, there's another thing. He said something about the splits. I think I don't do I have it here. Something about the 80. Oh, what was it? I think that the splits was something like, considering that subscriptions, if I'm not mistaken, the idea I think of it was something along the lines of um, you keep all the revenue from subscriptions or from whatever it may be for the first year. And then after the fact, Twitter only takes 10% which is pretty crazy because I think every other platform is like half or something or sometimes, you know, 40, but they're only taking 10% and leaving you to get the whole entire first year free is pretty wild. Um, so that's going to be pretty interesting to see how that kind of pans out um, in the long term for content creators going forward. But I like it, man. It's nice to have a bit of competition out there, different platform, uh, maybe the content, maybe me even, I'm thinking the stuff that I put out on Twitter might be specific for Twitter. It might not be just the same thing you clip on YouTube and you throw on there 
there. That might be an avenue to go down the ways. I'm not really too sure, but eager to see how it plays out. Eager to see how that plays out. Moving on from that one, let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about this. So, news regarding No Jumper. Quickly, news regarding No Jumper. There's been an interview just posted recently on this guy called The Tommy G Show, a channel where I guess he goes to different hoods and areas and does cool interesting things and talks to different people and does kind of commentary, you know, documentary-type style content. And he sat down with Adam22. And is it me or has Adam22 lost a lot of weight? What do you guys think? He looks Gentlemen, very different. This is The Tommy G Show. You see him? We are Look at him there. He looks very, very skinny. Or am I um, being a little bit over the top here? And I wonder, is this the stress from everybody leaving No Jumper and him basically being responsible for imploding the flipping platform? Is he maybe on a health kick? Is he back on the DRUGS? What's going on here? Because he looks really, really skinny, man. We are here with Adam22. There's a lot of directions we could start, but first I want to talk. We just did a workout. Mm. Tell us about your fitness journey, man. About six months ago, I went on a BMX trip to Brooklyn and rode bikes every day, like eight, ten hours a day. Mm. And I was about 35 pounds heavier than I am What do we right think? now. And by the end of that What trip, do you think? He, I'm about to say, I'm not too sure if he looks druggy. He just looks like he's lost a lot of weight because he's been like you said, maybe his bike a lot and maybe just, you know, stress as well on top of that. It doesn't look druggy to me. It looks like stress and it looks like, you know, being active because from what I've been hearing of people speaking rumblings, the money's in no jumpers, not the same anymore. Everyone's pay has been cut because obviously all the big wigs, all the big timers, all the, you know, blockbuster people, the ADs, the Terrells, the house phones, the Dunos, the Smacks, all those people have left. So they're not pulling in as much views as they were before. If that's the case, money's down across the board. If money's down across the board, Adam's nut is down also, but his expenses are still what they are. So, you know, something has to give. You have to pay the people that are still there. You just still generate the content. It's a bit mad. So I think all of that is definitely going to be on his back. And especially if you think about it, they moved to a whole entire new studio. He bought that amazing warehouse that they had where they threw, I think, only two Christmas parties. I think, unfortunately, right? They threw two Christmas parties and then the rest of it kind of went to cup up. But, 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 but. I'd imagine the rent in that place isn't cheap. It's not cheap the rent in that place. So you got to pay the rent still. Um, your costs are still what they are, but you're not making as much. That's probably going to leave some lasting damage on a lot of people. But anyway, let's let let's let's hear what you have to say about himself. Trip. I was just like, yo, I can't do this anymore, and I just started eating real clean and working out way harder. And I've actually been averaging like way more weight loss than I thought I was going to be because you know normally try to lose like a pound a week and i've been like quite a bit out in front of that so yeah i'm just really enjoying it loving the the discipline the self-control and i'm trying to lose like another i don't know 10 15 pounds trying to really get to like real deal shape with like abs Shredded. and then i'm gonna start trying to bulk and like really pack some muscle on so i'm just you know it, it's really giving me something to focus on and i'm just really enjoying it i've been working out my whole life but i never really got super serious about it until this i guess that's what happens when you don't pay niggas, isn't it? When you don't pay the niggas, <laughs> that's what happens. This is all his own fault, man. Honestly, the guy really fucked up. Such a great thing. 
No Jumper with all those guys was so good. The energy was absolutely amazing, was unmatched. And Adam 22, anyway, was usually, in my opinion, has always been quite an unlikable person. But the people around him and the content he created kind of made you put up with him. He was insufferable, but you kind of, you know, put up with him because the work was good. The moment the work started to suffer, there's no point on tuning in anymore with him. Do you know what I mean? That's the main issue he's always had. He's never really been a likable person. He's always come across like a bit of a cunt. And once it was confirmed that he was a cunt, even to the people who were responsible for breathing new life into the platform, helping him do more interesting things, everything went to dust, unfortunately for him, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, he's looking really well. He's looking really wild. I was going to say really well, but if he says he's losing weight and he's working out and he's feeling healthy, then that's what he says. So wish him all the luck. Um, check out the entire interview if you want. It's here, courtesy of this channel called The Tommy G Show. You can see it there. That's what the headline's called. It's like, what is it? Sorry. Adam Jumpers, Adam, no, Adam 22, sorry, speaks on no jumper controversy, scamming and being a porn star. Of course, what else is he going to speak about? Hey, look at that identity. Of course, he's going to speak about that shit. So check it out if you want. Check it out if you want. Moving on from that one, we have to talk about the main piece de resistance and the person who's on the flyer of my of flyer, sorry, um, the thumbnail of the flipping no random show today. It is Duno. Duno, Duno, Duno has committed one of the biggest bag fumbles I've ever seen in real time, and for some reason it's really bothered me. <laughs> it's bothered me more so because it's just kind of is a um another bit of confirmation that these content creators these people um on the various platforms who have been kind of touched by the gods of flipping making a living they've been touched by the gods of flipping success and fandom and notoriety and virality are just taking their positions and the blessings for granted that's the thing and most of the time it's usually stuff that it's just so avoidable and so unnecessary. In the case of Duno, one um, half or, you know, one third of the flipping Brown Bag podcast, he was part of a really fun collective called Brown Bag. Brown Bag was this, you know, Hispanic, Latino, Mexican, whatever you want to call it, based podcast, which there's not a lot of within that kind of hip hop space, representing for the West Coast, doing some great things, putting people on, having fun, talking about their cultural things that they talk about and just being a vibe, right? Great show and the premise of it. You think about it. There's a whole slew of people from that part of the world where it comes to Central America, North America, uh, sorry, Central America, South America and stuff, Hispanic, you know, Spanish speaking countries for the most part. Many of them who are basically imbued within the hip hop community and industry there in LA. So when the Brown Bag podcast came around and said doing what they were doing, I'm sure it was doing bits and successful just off that malarkey because it served a niche and they focused on it and they killed it. Then along the way, Power 106, one of the biggest radio stations out there in LA, decides, hey, we like what you're doing. We see what you're doing. We want to bring you on board. We want you to bring your show that you're doing in your studio onto our syndicated broadcasting radio station thing that we do here. You do this in the mornings, you get a nice paycheck, and you can continue doing your podcast on the side if you want to. 
but this will be your main thing and you'll be in the ears and the cars and the you know attention of all these thousands or maybe millions of people around the world or sometimes you know mainly in north america and stuff so a great opportunity for you to kind of broaden your horizons and guess what duno does he fucks it up of course How's he fucking up? He decides to make a really tasteless joke about Oscar De La Hoya and his alleged battles with the old cocaina just after they interviewed him. Just after they interviewed him, he makes a joke about Oscar De La Hoya doing cocaine. And of course, that led, I reckon, to him being fired. I don't think it was the main reason. I think it led to him being fired. And, you know, the following shows, he wasn't on the Brown Bad podcast. People were hypothesizing and theorizing and whatever it may be on social. And then he finally spoke out and broke his silence after the whole fact and said the following via this screenshot. I am no longer at Power 106 LA. I couldn't name three rap albums from the 90s and I had way too many corridos on my playlist. LOL joking. I decided to part ways and it just wasn't for me. Shout out to them for the opportunity. Forever grateful. And make sure you listen to Letty and at Rosen, Ro, Rosen stars Vic, however you say his name, sorry, every morning. And the following tweet, and it's still Brand Bag Podcast. We're just working on things. Clearly for me, this is a firing. I don't think it's only the Oscar De La Hoya thing. I get the feeling that most likely Duna just couldn't wake up early in the morning. Because I've, you know, from various accounts, especially listening to like early um, episodes of like The Breakfast Club um, with Charlemagne the God and DJ MV and stuff and Angela Yee. The one thing I remember they used to always complain about and say that it got some adjusting to, you had to adjust to, it took some adjusting to, but sorry, was waking up early in the morning. That was one thing that kind of was very difficult when you're doing morning radio because you'd imagine doing morning radio, you have to probably leave wherever you're living at 3 a.m. in the morning, maybe earlier to get to the station before 6 or whenever the flipping early morning shift starts. So it's a bit of a hard slog to do Monday to Friday. It's not the easiest thing, especially if you're a young dude like, you know, Duna and you're only 21, you're only 22, you're only 23, have old years to suddenly go from living your, you know, crazy hedonistic bachelor chill young man life living at home eating when you want drinking when you want staying up late as possible and having to clock in out of normal job is difficult but just imagine all of the benefits that come from it you're on power 106 the biggest radio station on there you've also got the podcast on the side most likely working at that radio station is going to open doors for you that you could have never opened on your own you're going to be in the industry you're going to have connections you're going to build relationships with people whatever it's going to open avenues like you know walk through business over there in the west coast it's big where you go to a fucking club and you essentially walk through you sit at a table they give you free drinks and at the end of the night the flipping promoter pays you money because they hope that because you're famous they can put you on a flyer more people are going to come they're going to buy more tables so you get paid to club and they even sometimes give you drinks for free and off the back of that you can do other things hosting whatever it may be all from that radio gig so it's kind of like, you know, it's going to kill your social life for a bit. It might kill your back. It might kill your sleep pattern. It's not it's going to take it out. It's going to be difficult. But the benefits far outweigh the negatives. And he couldn't do it just for a year. Just bang it out for a year. Maybe even six months. Couldn't do it. Immediately got himself fired. Such a big, big, big bag fumble. Because you'd imagine that's like a guaranteed check that you're getting every month from a radio station on top of whatever else you're doing content on your own channel 
content on your own flipping social media platforms you know jumping on other podcasts he's on that community world all these other things you're doing it's only adding to it so imagine what you're clearing on a monthly basis i'd, I'd hate to look let's actually look actually let's see um morning host power 106 la salary i don't think it's going to come up but let's see what a roughly salary is <laughs> right an on-air personality on power 106 gets between 40,000 to 60,000 per year now don't get me wrong living in la i'm sure this isn't the greatest salary but just imagine we're talking about duno here who's a pretty big and successful social media content creator on his own right right he's young he's still new in this but he's got a decent following he's got a decent you know subscriber base on his youtube he does decent views he's on a number of shows he could easily be if he if you know not pocket watching again he could easily be making or clearing upwards of ten thousand a month maybe even to the hundreds of thousands if he plays his cards right just because of the little extra bit that you get from fucking working a job and this is not just any job this is a job in the industry, in media, in entertainment that can lead to other things. TV, movies, books, whatever. This could open doors to. And he still managed to fuck it up. That's why I think this might be one of the biggest, biggest bag fumbles we've ever seen of all time. Legit. And I'm curious to see what people said under the, under the tweet, actually. Let's go over it. Let's see what people said under the tweet itself. Um, first person. Homie didn't want to wake up early. Agreed. <laughs> Another person, my guy got fired for calling De La Hera cokehead. Another one, Oscar De La Coca didn't like that caption. <laughs> Another one, partying gets old, bro. Don't let that get in the way of your legacy. <laughs> Which is really accurate. But that's also something I've kind of spoken about. And I think I mentioned it on my Patreon. So make sure you check out my Patreon, patreon.com for Chris Agostino. Um, recent episode where I spoke a little bit about the Chris Brown and Usher thing. And basically my whole takeaway from that was that why is it that it's looked down upon to be a fuck up and to kind of do this and party instead of caring about your legacy? Why is that such a bad thing? Why can't some people legitimately choose like an adult and say, you know what? I'd rather party and get the itches than actually focus on the work and my career, my legacy. That should be allowed. You should be allowed to self-sabotage. You should be allowed to bag fumble in peace without people like myself criticizing you i think so it's weird to say this but there should be an avenue where if you're old enough to make a decision where you say you know what i'm not going to turn up to work you should be old enough to accept the consequences of it and sometimes it's not you know because there's all this saying people say oh yeah you'll learn from your mistakes you'll get better from this maybe you won't maybe you won't maybe this is your destiny maybe your destiny is to be the bag fumbler until the end of time that's okay at least you have a good story to tell when you're at a bar or at some barbecue somewhere <laughs> that's okay <laughs> yeah. that's perfectly fine anyway it continues um another person said see look th this is even something i didn't even think about big up santiago munez influence of money runs out you threw away a career by losing power 106 i didn't even think about that i didn't even think about the fact that being an influencer and trying to create content in that regard and getting paid that way is actually hard to do and to sustain long term maybe having a actual legit radio career an actual legit cv that you can kind of show might be a good thing for the long term if you decide to pivot or like as a fallback plan 
if you you know if your cloud starts to disappear and people don't stop caring about you wow i never even thought about that this meme is amazing how the fuck you get fired on your day off another person says please don't let it be that you couldn't wake up early imagine if that's a, and a part of me as well thinks that largely because i've seen a lot of people online right because again it's just it just frustrates me because i guess because me making content and working a regular job i know what i'd rather do right but i think in general i think most of these guys and girls who struggle to kind of you know just be grateful for what they have work harder have fun and kind of keep it moving and they're always involved in drama i reckon or i wonder thinking aloud if this has anything to do with a lot of these people being quite lucky in life where they hadn't really had to work regular jobs for the most part they were able to kind of always get by doing kind of fun stuff entertainment stuff content stuff but they've had to just work like stacking shelves somewhere like not in like i think everyone does it when you're a kid but actually doing that when you're an adult like doing that in your late 20s like you're actually working in a shop you're actually working in a bar you're a fucking bar back you're doing stock work and shit like i think some of these guys haven't done that so i think because of that you take that stuff for granted and you think the content shit is like forever, it's evergreen, and you don't ever kind of, you know, look back and think, hey, this is a blessing. I should maybe take this seriously and really kind of, you know, make the most of the situation that I've got at the moment because there are some people like my, you know, who like, you know, I remember there was a time once where I was working in this place, I was working in this art supplies company right and i think at the time i moved to my place i think the, at a time yeah at a time wherever place i was living at the rent must have been like 500 pound a month right 500 a month and i was working in this place in the west of london and i live in the east right so it's west west and i legitimately at the end of the month was getting paid at the end of the month after all taxes and shit i was getting like 989 pounds not even a thousand pounds and my rent was 500 and then I had to pay my bills, just my rent alone. So I was left with like £423. God forbid on that month, if I had an overdraft, I'll be left with like 300 and something. There was that kind of month where I'll be basically trying to stretch 100 quid for like four weeks. <laughs> right? Back in the day. So when you kind of come from that sort of life, it's very difficult to get, like to feel sympathy for these guys when they fuck up such easy bags. It's very difficult. It's very difficult to have sympathy with because this is this is nothing. You have to wake up like early. What to sit? And it's not waking up early to go work in a building site or waking up early to go set tables. You're waking up early to go and sit in front of a microphone and and laugh and joke around with some of your best friends and talk about topics that you know about intrinsically, like you are an expert in, when it comes to gossiping about celebrities or talking about music and shit. It's not like they're asking you about you know about fucking Fermi's paradox or some shit, you know? You're talking about stuff in your field of expertise and you still fuck it up. That for me is like mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. Another one person says, dude, you couldn't wake up early. Only reason why I listen to the stations. <laughs> Everybody's killing you for the waking up stuff. So I guess this is a common theme. He So, because my theory is that Duno most likely was turning up late a lot. Um, Obviously, on air, if you've heard him on podcasts, you know Duno's in a quiet taste he's kind of annoying um he's definitely in a single digit iq and culturally not the smartest guy doesn't really have the most interesting takes so all of that 
combined then you're making jokes about Oscar De La Hoya and coke and shit after you just interviewed him super unprofessional then they said get out so they're probably looking for any excuse to get him out then he obviously gave him them he obviously gave him an excuse on a fucking silver plow another person how do you get fired on your day off another one no more no jumper now no more power 106 i guess when you lost clout chasing you be hopping around and that's a big takeaway from it he left no jumper to do his own thing Fig Munity World is doing their thing. They're still growing. Then you get signed to Power 106. You think you've kind of, you know, shown that, hey, I can do it on my own. And then you get fired. Fuck me. It was those Oscar De La Hoya comments, huh? Another one, see? Just fumbling the bag. <laughs> How you get fired on your day of meme again? Running away from the grind. SMH, you can't be running away from the grind is hilarious isn't it running away from hard work that's what you're saying you got fired on your day off fumble the bag 101 definitely noticed you were missing but i hope it means that you'll be getting more videos still waiting for that second asmr video i think i think i think this person wants to fuck another one home girl home home girl this domestic but why you might you made the first two hours of my clocking into work go by fast gonna miss hearing you on the radio so again forget just you he had actual fans like this person who looked forward to hearing him on the radio every single day before work. And guess what? He fumbled it and now has in part ruined her morning commute, ruined her morning work or whoever this person is. Jesus Christ, do no man. Absolutely horrific. But yeah, biggest bag fumble I've ever seen, to be honest. And I have no sympathy. Um, it is what it is. Hopefully he lands on his feet. Maybe he doesn't. It goes back to my whole adage. You should be allowed to be a fuck-up. If he's a fuck-up, let him be a fuck-up. It's all good, you know? He'll figure it out. Or he won't. But we will watch and laugh. We will watch and laugh. Or I will, at least, anyway. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that one. Uh, yeah, so about this quickly. Yeah, this is another one. Another good example. This is, again, courtesy of d no jumper subreddit and it features sharp who i might actually play a video of his later on at the end when i finish all the brendan sharp shit but sharp was um so no sorry let me just start from the beginning so yuri and vel who are still i think at no jumper they're in las vegas they're having like a kind of couples retreat couples holiday chill hangout fun whatever it may be they all decided to go over to las vegas and yuri decided to live stream the entire experience do a little irl stream like he's idol ice poseidon right the guy's 30 years old and he looks up to ice poseidon you already know what type of guy he is, isn't it maximum turbo loser but anyway they go over to las vegas they run these streams loads of legendary loads of legendary clips where have come from it um there's a inclination or an insight into you know the state of of Yuri and Riley's relationship which isn't the greatest um you know it is what it is they probably made for each other in a weird you know fumbly nonsensey you know stinky way they kind of made for each other in some regards but it's just quite funny to see Yuri be you know a 30 year old dude and just unable to kind of understand social cues unable to kind of you know not be insecure and shit like it's just really strange to see this guy work in real time but the clips of sharp um you know flipping descending on them and kind of dropping his pearls of wisdom has been pretty sick so sharp happened to pop by while they were all there and he decided to kind of expound on some of the developments at no jumper and one of them being the pay 
kind of cut he's taken since everything's kind of gone down and Sharp was one of the people who was kind of backing Adam 22 regarding everything and sort of like you know offering the other side of the argument which I think he did really well especially when he jumped on flipping AD stream and basically said hey you maybe shouldn't have left so hastily maybe you could have talked it out and shit there was many things that were going on at the same time kind of you know a really wise sort of way to kind of approach it of course Pun didn't like it and the call ended up kind of turning left very quickly but he did have a really interesting insight about the pay over at No Jumper. And again, proving that these guys are just like, you know, the fumbling bags and just from everybody, especially Adam, because you think about it. If Anyway, this clip I'm going to play here features Sharp detailing how much of a pay cut he's taken. But just pay attention to how much he's getting now. That's the interesting thing to pay attention to. Oh, I've got to take off the mic, got to take off mute. Bear me a second. Let's go back to the beginning of it. Just be a attention just to how much he says he's now earning now because his pay's been cut. And keep that in mind. Same amounts of money was because I've done that same amount of numbers. Yeah. The numbers were fucking catastrophic. They were insane. No effects. You know Still are. I just touched like the first fucking 84 on like the lowest. Month. Jesus Christ. I've seen amounts of so Sharp said he was getting obscene amounts of money from No Jumper because the content he was creating was getting obscene amounts of views, which it was. If you've seen Sharp's content on No Jumper, it's fucking legendary. And, you know, his podcast was great. His Sharp show was great and just generally great personality on there. So he was doing bits. So he's obviously getting compensated very well. But now that everybody has left, all the big people that were bringing in the numbers, his pay has now gone down to a measly 8 thousand and four hundred dollars which is still a lot right still a lot of money but the reason why i wanted to mention it was because if adam could afford to pay sharp eight thousand four hundred dollars just think what they were making and that's what makes me think again like the bag fumble like why couldn't adam just have got somebody else in place to manage the host to maybe spoken openly about his concerns about some people you know especially ad and his performance why couldn't he have maybe decided hey maybe it's not a good idea to speak to an employee because one of the major things that i feel like fucked it all up was it's a tiny thing but it definitely didn't sit well with people was the fact that he would, thought it was a good idea to complain about other employees with another employee you don't go to lush especially someone like a lush he's like a super loser you know he's, he's kind of the the example of what every man should pray to God that they don't turn out to be like a guy in his late 40s still like you know just struggling in terms of self-image self-confidence and how he moves just awful so I'm just curious why he decided it was a good idea to speak to his other employees about other employees performance and think that it wasn't going to end badly because if he was able to pay one host eight thousand four hundred dollars they must have been making bank and it all got fucked up because of lack of communication not well not willing to pull somebody aside and say hey you're fucking up this is not good enough can you do this better please having some honest conversations about shows and their performance all of that avoidance blew up in his face adam 22 and everybody ended up leaving for their own reasons some of them maybe justify some of them maybe not justify but at the end of the day this should be the biggest l for no adam the fact that he was at one point able to pay one host, one host, north of $8,400.
So they must have been clearing a lot. So that rumor or that thing that he said when he went on Vlad and he said he makes like a mill a month or something, that's actually maybe true. They were probably around the 500,000 or something they were making a month on the platform across the board. Of course, you got to account for loads of things, rent and stuff in the warehouse. It's not all free money, profit in your pocket. I know. But damn, man, they fumbled it. Collectively, they fumbled it. Absolutely wild. Um, so yeah, big up shop for that. And I'm sure that little re revelation is going to be ringing around and other posts are going to have their say regarding it as well because, you know, these guys, they always have a... Uh, a flipping annoyance about it anyway moving on let's talk about the big b shorb what's been happening in the big b shorb big b shorb world um we've got a few clips here that i've kind of decided to clip up and shit and put on the old streamable let's do the first one this is courtesy of <laughs> the flipping fight companion thing that he did for the you know the just past um card with aljermaine sterling and henry cejudo um first off i don't know why he pers he continues um or persist with doing this fight companion shit someone's got to tell brendan Shaw this fight companion shit he's trying to revive it's just not the vibe it's fucking terrible the only way it's gonna work is if he tries to copy the same thing that rogan did where you just have your friends doing it because that's the one thing he's missing the reason why the JRE fight companions worked was because they were all friends. And legitimately, Brendan was the odd one out. Like Joe Rogan and Brian Callahan had been friends for more than 20 years. Um, Rogan and Eddie Barber have been friends for 20 years. Plus that, I'm sure Eddie Barber has known Brian because of Rogan for that long. And Brendan was kind of the new guy in the crew. And he was sort of like the lovable oath, which is why I still say maintain that the best version of Brandon, sorry, Brandon, the best version of Brendan Shaw on a podcast was definitely TFAK early um, Fox days and the early episodes of the flipping Jerry Fire Companion before he started wearing like fancy shoes and driving Porsches. That early time was definitely the best sort of like version of him because he was still trying to impress those guys. He didn't feel like he was on the same level of them. He was trying to make them laugh. He was being silly. He was kind of like the young one in the crew. Like he definitely came across way better. But at the heart of it, that show, I swear on my life, only works, guess why? Because they're fucking friends. If you're not friends, it doesn't work. So this persistence with this show and getting randoms on to go on there doesn't work for me. It just doesn't work. And he just persists with it. He doesn't care. And it just keeps on going. Anyway, this recent clip is another example of it. It's just like more dead air on a show that doesn't really make any sense. So he's on there and one of his co-hosts that's doing the show with him, George Janko, um, asks him, hey, who are your favourite stand-up comedians? And Brendan Shaw, obviously, in the most Brendan Shaw way, tries to answer it and, you know, the answer is fucking all over the place. So let's check out the flipping clip that I obviously mm -hmm. clipped over here. Who do you think is the best stand-up comedian? On the earth right now? Mm. Bill Burr or... Uh, <laughs> Bill Burr? Bill Burr, hands down, or uh, Louis C.K. So Quickly, before we continue this, right? Because the first opening bit is the first bit. Whenever someone repeats the question back to you, they don't know what to say, they're thinking. So just, you know, asking a legit professional stand-up comedian who talks for a living, you would imagine, hey, who's your favorite stand-up at the moment? Oh, you kind of reel them off very quickly. Or you can think about it and consider it. You don't need to repeat the question back again and then try and answer it and try and pull some names out of, the, out of your ass. But it's fucking hilarious. Let's play again. He's Who like, do you think is the best stand-up comedian? 
on the earth right now? Mm. Bill Burr or uh, Bill Burr? Bill Burr, hands down, or uh, Louis C.K. I like how Joe, George Anka said Bill Burr, like as if like Bill Burr is um Matt Rife or some shit. I love it, man. He doesn't like he's like the same like Brendan a little bit. I love when he said on on these podcasts like, he hasn't watched any Rogan specials, doesn't know him at all. So he probably thinks Bill Burr's fucking terrible because he's so moody or something. Hilarious. hilarious. So there's. So it's like the the uh, pound for pound list. It's all you know, whoever you think is better. But there's no real list. So it's either Bill Burr. No, there's a list. David He's Tell, asking for your list. Uh, I think Big J Orkson uh, huh? right now. Excuse me. Who say that again? Uh, I think Big J Orkson. Uh, so Who? it's either Bill Burr, David Tell. Uh, I think Big J Orkson. <laughs> you'd imagine if you if that was your favorite comedian, you'd know what how to pronounce her name. Big J Orkson. Orkerson, who the fuck is BJ Orkerson? And it's funny because you get the feeling that he's only saying BJ Orkerson because he's kind of like a name that somebody would say if you're trying to appear like you're like plugged in. And also, Big J is one of the only people from that East Coast scene who's nice to him. Right? So <laughs> it's sort of like it makes sense. He's nice to him. He's a good guy. I never met him. Big J Orkerson. Fucking crazy list so far. Uh, right now, Big J's doing it. His last special, best special I've seen in a hot second. He didn't watch it in full. Um, uh, Louis C.K. You like him twice. You put him on twice. I put it, so I Bill Burr, Louis C.K., David Tell, Big J Orkerson. <laughs> How can you not say Big J Orkerson? How is that so hard to say? Please. he's literally His brain is literally breaking saying his name. Big J Orkerson. Um, or just say Big J. Orkerson. Orkerson. Big J Orkerson. I've legit no, never heard anybody say Orkerson. I swear in my life. Big J. Big J Orkerson. Like, it's not that difficult to say. Like an oak tree. Orkerson. Ork. Ork. Where's the Ork? Where's that sound coming from? Orkerson. Um... No one makes me laugh harder than Theo. Oh man, I Theo's dudes. Theo is something else. When I like, I, we had him on the podcast, and then talking to him in real life. And this is might just be me, but I feel like I'm talking to a character. I don't know if it's actually him. He might be. Don't get me wrong. His stand-up's ridiculous. He's so funny. He might be funnier in just casual conversation. That's what I'm saying. Hey, hey, hey! Your guest is saying one of your best friends is a character. Maybe stand up for him and say, "No, nah, he's actually not a character. That's actually." him legitimately that's actually he's a good friend of mine he's legit as fuck just let him say oh, i don't know if he's a character i don't know if he's making shit up <laughs> so, yes and i think that's why but that's slowly so coming successful. over to him also has somebody not washed their hair i'm not too familiar with caucasian hairs and stuff but that looks like somebody that hasn't washed their hair in a couple of days no Am I seeing like gel? Is that like what gel looks like when it's not, or like pomade or some shit? That doesn't look washed to me. What do you guys think? That looks very, very greasy. Not in a good way. You know? Someone he hasn't had a shower in a long time. Or he's one of those guys that when he gets in the shower, he doesn't wash his hair. He just puts the water on his body. Or if that, because I don't know, Brennan doesn't strike me as a, as a showerer. I don't know if it's a bad thing to say, but I don't know. I don't know. 
him in his stand-up, and it's like once, and he's ridiculous now. Like I caught him when level. he was on fire. Oh my god, no it was funny. something else. No funny. When he caught wind, and you could see when a comedian catches wind, bro. I- <laughs> what does this mean when he catches wind? <laughs> Did he suck a fart in? What does catching wind mean? <laughs> These fucking conversations, man. I watched him put out everybody else's fire. That oh, he's a monster. Him. Oh, he was unbelievable. Anyway. Terrible clip because I feel like I feel like if you had to put a gun to his head, he couldn't name you a single or he couldn't recite a single bit. Even the premise from Louis G Louis J. Gomez, sorry, Louis J. Gomez, Lucy K, um, Big J Orkerson, as he says, Bill Burr, Theo Vaughn, or Theo Vaughn, not Vaughn, I keep saying his name wrong, Theo Vaughn. I don't think he could name a single special title correctly. None. Could you repeat a premise or a joke? Zero. Has he watched any of their specials in full? No. <laughs> Which is probably his main reason why he's as unfunny as he is. Maybe. I don't think so, because I don't feel like you, you have to watch specials to be funny, personally. Bit of an uncontroversial opinion there. I feel like if you're actually sitting down, writing jokes, getting up a lot, and honing your craft, you can still be funny without having to sit and watch people's specials. Naturally, you're gonna see people in a comedy store you're performing at, blah blah blah. But that's not a that's not like a prerequisite. But I think if you're Brendan and you're coming from a place where you're like horribly unfunny and you're like a legit athlete, he was a legit jock before he started comedy. He wasn't always his dream to be a stand-up. It's all a lie. It's all like a you know what's that thing called? It's like a it's like an attempt to rewrite history. He wanted to be a flipping American football player. It didn't work out. Then he did UFC, sick. And then he pivoted into his podcasting and stand-up. No problem. But this whole rerun of history, I always wanted to be a stand-up. It's not true. Because clearly he doesn't have the chops. Because if he had the chops, he would have had some inkling of it from beforehand. It didn't happen. So if you're working from zero, or zero, as he would say, you need probably to go and watch some specials. You probably need to be a little bit more of a student of the game than the average person. Because you're coming from such a low base. So maybe the refusal to watch people's specials, because if you said, said it before, even on, didn't he say it on them? Um, did he say it on the fucking uh, gold now? He said, oh, I don't watch people's specials and shit. He should watch them. I think if you're a big comic or a big comedian, maybe you shouldn't watch specials too much because you don't want to, you know, get stuff in by osmosis and whatnot. But if you're a coming up person, you probably need to watch them. You probably need to see what the levels are out there. You probably need to see what the pros are doing or people on your same level or people you want to aspire to get to. It's probably handy. And if you don't do it, it's probably going to, you know, bite you in the ass sooner rather than later. But yeah, Brendan naming his top five comics there. Who are your top five comics? Let me know in the comments down below. <laughs> you see me being a content creator. Look at that, eh? On the fly. On the fly content creation. <laughs> oh, you know what? This is the best bit. Though. This is the best clip from that fucking show. This is the best clip from that show. Because if ever you needed an example to show you, just maybe to illustrate why Brendan is where he's at, despite giving every advantage every cosign every privilege everything that you needed to succeed he still finds a way to fuck it up in his own special way and it's so funny to watch this is another good example of it brendan shaw midway through the show decides to insert an ad for his fucking whiskey which is pretty pretty gross 
I gotta be honest. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty gross, right? You already got a million fucking ads on your fucking pods anyway, a million sponsors, a million things you're plugging. There's many fucking codes that you're fucking flinging. Enough with the fucking ads. Now he's making merch for his whiskey, Tiger Fick, Tiger Come, whatever it's called. He inserts it midway through the show, and just watch the watch the watch the trailer for the watch a little video for the tiger fig whiskey thing and see if you can notice something just 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 keep your eye on it because this is fucking hilarious honestly watch the video it's coming up watch it just watch just keep your eye on it damn no shirt leather michael jackson jacket let's go did they already show Frank Edgar in the background? How dare they? Hey, yo, big up. Sorry to tell. Thank you for I don't awesome think show. he's a student of the game. I think he thinks he is the game. Oh, big up. Sorry to tell. That's a perfect line for sure. I definitely agree with that one. I don't think Brendan Shaw is a student of the game. I think he thinks he is the game for sure. He's completed the game. He's mastered it. Um, He's done it. He smashed it. But yeah, this is another example of why he's not the student of the game. But big up a story to tell. Thank you for the five dollars. Look at this clip. Just keep an eye out on the fucking advert for Tiger Fick whiskey. Not give him camera time. No, we know why. We just went over all this, <laughs> and you just saw it live. So say what you want, or just put on the jacket. Yep. It's up to you. Or just get back on Fight Pass prelims and don't wear the jacket. <laughs> It's up to you. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, we don't have jackets. We got new Tiger Thick whiskey merch just dropped tonight on thickboy.com. We got whiskey glasses, hoodies, tees. The Tiger Thick merch is available right now on thickboy.com. New fancy glasses. Oh, you missed it. I missed it as well. Let's go back, right back a little bit. I'll go scroll back up again because this is hilarious. Big up the final kids subreddit guys for spotting Ew. this. This is fucking beautiful. Oh, we don't Look have at jackets. This. We got corner, new Tiger Thick whiskey merch just dropped tonight on thickboy.com. Around here. We got keep, whiskey glasses, keep your eye here. Hoodie, keep your eye tees, here. The Tiger Thick merch is... Can you see that? Can you see that? <laughs> so, for some reason, whoever's part of the fucking marketing team or the fucking production team that puts these adverts together wanted to film this little sizzle reel of the whiskey being poured into a glass, a Tiger Fit glass, right? They've got their own glasses now. Cool. Tumblers, whatever. With some dice there with the logo around it. Do your thing. From high up above. And for some reason, when they're pouring this whiskey into the glass, it starts to bubble like it's, I don't know, like lemonade or some shit. Like, what the fuck's going on here, innit? What are we doing here? But if you really scroll back a little bit, what you'll notice is that the bottle that they're using isn't Tiger Fit. It's actually Jameson. <laughs> so the lack of professionalism, right? You can see the logo a little bit there. Can you see that? Look, you see the logo of the bowl? You see the J and the E? Like anybody that's drunk enough Jamesons or has seen it, you will instantly recognize what the bottle logo looks like. And that is definitely Jameson's. So the lack of professionalism, the lack of attention to detail means that they went to a shoot, an entire shoot, right? an entire shoot they went to to film this flipping little advert they got printed keep this in mind keep this in mind they got printed right this they got printed a whole rail full of merch so this is a specific design that they put on the hoodie on some t-shirts they got also printed um 
you know, some, they got also made some dice, these little metal dice things. They also got made these little whiskey glasses. So a lot went into putting this up, right? To putting this together. You put the whole thing together. You want to put a little capsule collection out there. You want to make it part of your whole lifestyle, blah, de, blah, blah, blah. And then it comes to the shoot day and you don't have a bottle of Tiger Fick whiskey around. That's the one thing you kind of notice in this whole little sizzle reel, this whole little advert. There's actually not a bottle of that fucking, you know, soy sauce looking shit. It's not there. And usually that bottle's everywhere, right? Look, even on that table, there it is. Look, it's right there. There's the bottle. That horrible soy sauce vinegar type bottle design is sitting right there next to, I forgot the other name of it, that one that Jorgen started drinking. So, so somehow along the way of putting the fucking advert together, no one had the attention to detail or had the foresight to bring a bottle of Tiger Fig with them. Even though he's the most likely got, I reckon, this is my theory also, I reckon Brendan's got pallets and pallets and pallets full of Tiger Fig whiskey somewhere in some fucking warehouse, just collecting dust. I'm sure of it. Or at some port, there's just loads of them there. They get to, and I don't know how long whiskey kind of you know lasts and stuff but they're probably approaching their sell by date but i think he must have like thousands of bottles <laughs> that have gone unsold so the fact that they couldn't get one bottle one bottle exactly vagabond of that sweet sweet nectar they couldn't find it and take with them on the shoot is fucking hilarious the lack of professionalism lack of attention to detail is just bizarre and again just an easy, easy fumble that you thought no one else would notice. But unfortunately, the homeless cats always got their eye on the ball. Look at that. You can see it right there. It's a Jameson's bottle. <laughs> Honestly, man, it's like, I don't know. Sometimes in life, the worst people are given everything. And they fuck it up and they still get given more. Which is why I say sometimes the whole notion around karma is a nonsense. That's why I also say sometimes this whole pointing and laughing at comedians thing is so fun because you just point and laugh. Don't sit there, be hateful. Don't sit there and hope for bad things to happen to them. No, just laugh and enjoy the shy show. This is probably better entertainment you can get on TV right now. Trust me, I watch, you know, TV series. I've, I've started watching this show on Amazon called Citadel. Fucking garbage, but there's nothing to watch, so I'm watching it. White Rabbit is, sorry, Rabbit Hole was decent with Keeper Sutherland, but ended pretty crazy shit. Barry season four isn't the greatest now. It's kind of fallen off. Snowfall, kind of overrated. All these shows out there right now, like Succession, I'm waiting for it to finish and I'm going to watch it all at once. But still, it's not pulling up any trees. There's not much good content out there. Unless you like watching reality TV, which I don't watch. But the clearest thing near to reality TV are these comedians, especially Bapperverse stuff, because where else would you get a guy from the Bapperverse who decides like to do the unconventional, to start his own liquor brand, but not do it the normal way like every other celebrity does it, where you just get, you know, you just go to a place and you just basically stick your own logo and pick your own bottle design and kind of tweak the flipping recipe, but you kind of, it's kind of white labeled, you know, it's kind of all done in house sort of stuff. No, he tries to do it on his own, his own way. There was a time where if you remember, the law there was a time where brendan thought he could sell his whiskey bottles on shopify he thought he could just have it on his website listed there and you could buy a hoodie and buy a bottle of whiskey too 
He also thought he was allowed to just like take bottles with him to clubs and just sell them out from his bag and shit. <laughs> he had no research, nothing into what he was doing at all. He just goes as per usual. And this is a clear example of just going. You turn up to a shoot to flipping promo your new whiskey uh, merch and you don't have the actual bottle to show off. So you have to pour whiskey up from high above, but then you don't do it high above enough, and now everyone sees the Jameson logo. It's fucking perfect. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> oh, you couldn't make this up. And why is it bubbling like that? Like, honestly, whiskey shouldn't be bubbling like that, surely. No? It shouldn't be frothing. It's not a pint. It's whiskey. <laughs> it's not beer. It doesn't have any hops, I'd imagine. Oh, my God. Absolutely incredible. But big up, Brendan. Always winning. And we are the ones who are always losing. Continuing on here, we also got this clip quickly to feature again. Another example as to why this show doesn't work um, in terms of it being a fight companion. It's just absolutely terrible. Um, the vibes are not it. And this is a good example of it. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this electric atmosphere, right? At the Jerry fight, sorry, at the fight companion courtesy <laughs> of Flipping Thick Boy. Look at this electric atmosphere. But what a stack. All killers, yeah. I mean, 145, too. That Umar, they're making Madoff's the problem. He's a beast. Yeah. At 11, it yeah. gets trouble. Yep. Well, that's the thing. Everybody in that top 15 can, or top. Yeah, it's all about top, styles, right? Anybody can get it done. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Look at George Janko. Bless him. Look at George. I just wanted some clout, man. I just wanted some clout, man. I was watching Theo and he like blew my mind. I just wanted some clout. <laughs> Would this do anything good for my metrics? Look at him. Oh, God. That's it. It's literally in the top 15 of each division. I feel like anybody can be a any world of, champ any at yeah. any moment, but depends what how style. Yes, style. Even Adrian Yanez at 12 is a fucking savage, man. Yeah, Even he though just he just lost, lost to, to Ron. Yeah. Tough fight for him. It's a stylistically tough fight for him. There's much better matchups for him. Hey, hey, beast of a conversation. Don't do it again. Look at this small talk. Horrendous. Horrendous. Top yeah. 10. I was getting out of fights though, boys. Appreciate you doing it. Dom, you saved the day. I always <laughs> saved the fucking day. I hope you guys learned a lot. Goat. I'm glad you were here, man. We, we really opened our eyes. No, it was great, man. You did a great job, George. Yeah, it was good to see the ignorance of the people. <laughs> Listen. Between I, George and Chin, man. And don't hey, think no. it's just for fighting. It, it could be in any any vertical you wanted. Uh, I love it. That's it, fellas. Banta. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. You Love you guys. Out or you just, oh, you walk out. That's okay. it. We're okay, out cool. of here. <laughs> oh, that was a depressing end to a show, isn't it? First, it was advertised that it was Ryan Garcia and George Janko. Ryan Garcia, of course, flakes. Of course, he does. It's still, it's still to be decided whether or not he actually was meant to be on the show at all, or whether or not he just used him for the clout. We don't know. And then. Dominic Cruz comes on there instead, who you know has his faults and is a particular is an acquired taste, and they sit there monotone, deadpan, trying to break down the fights and make it a good vibe. My opinion on this as well is this, right? My kind of like final opinion on this, the fight companion. 
why doesn't Brendan just do this on his own? Because in my opinion, like I said, the original JRE Fight Companion worked the best because they were all friends hanging around each other. So what usually would happen most of the time, it was kind of like the stick of the show, was that they'll do the Jerry Fight Companion for a really big card. Like these are the cards where sometimes Connor's fighting, like huge cards. And um, sometimes they won't be paying attention to the fights. They'll be so enveloped in their own conversation and making each other laugh and shouting across the table and drinking and eating and shit that they'll forget about the fights. And sometimes it'll make you forget about the fights. So you were just enjoying the show for what it was. It was like a free bonus JRE. It wasn't even like a fight companion thing. So the vibes were immaculate. Whereas this is essentially them sitting around the table watching the fights. They're not actually putting on a show. So if that's the case, you're better off either doing it with a set group of people that you have all the time who you're actually friends with because you can have a conversation with them and you can shoot the shit and you're not going to have any dead air. Or why doesn't Brendan do it on his own? Why doesn't Brendan do something like this that I'm doing now? Why doesn't Brendan do, or not even me, why doesn't Brendan do what flipping, what was he doing? What's his name? Um, Ah, oh, the UFC guy. What's his name? His name escapes me. English dude. From fucking, what's his fucking name? He does live streams. Why doesn't he do that? Why doesn't Brendan do short show live streams watching UFC fight cards on his own and just drink whiskey, get drunk, say some stupid shit and just keep moving? He'll probably do some good views. He'll probably do just amounts of views as he's doing on his with these other guys. It'll actually be quite funny. I think so. Yeah, Bisbing, that's the one. Bisbing. Sorry, thank you. Bisbing. Bisbing, yeah, Bisbing. Michael Bisbing, thank you. I think that would work really well if he did it by himself. If Brendan actually sat is it even MMA Guru does it exactly. Big up my guy MMA Guru. MMA Guru is fucking sick. Big up him. Um they do the same thing. That would do way better numbers and it'll be a way better vibe and a better show than this shit by getting these random people who don't know each other to sit around a table and try and watch a UFC fight one guy doesn't know anything about UFC and one guy who's fucking a legit legend should be in the Hall of Fame like and is an active fighter at the moment <laughs> it's like what <laughs> what do you expect's gonna happen <laughs> you know like come on man like it's just a terrible idea personally and I'm still not sure that he's the best host for it anyway personally he's too much of a redact he needs to kind of be let loose to say silly shit there should be another person who's kind of like the host just for the show. But, you know, Brendan has this thing about always being like in the middle and the head of the table and shit. Like even the flyer at the end. Like he's got something about him where he loves this shit. Like being like the guy, you know, like, I don't know. Just can't give it up, man. Big up Austin Casey. As do you remember back in the day years ago, whenever Brenda used to talk about American football, he would say it's a copycat league. He also used to say that about MMA sometimes. I think he knows he is a copy. I think yeah, then but he think he knows he is a copycat, so he sees copycats everywhere. No, I agree with you for sure. Thank you for the five dollars donation, brother. I appreciate that. No, you're right, Austin Casey. Um, maybe that is part of it. Maybe he does see the copycats everywhere, and he can't do it. He can't move it on, but maybe you're right, man. Maybe you're definitely right. But big up Austin Casey. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much. But yeah, man, what an, what an awful show, personally. The Calabasas Fight Companion might be up there with the Shorp Show in terms of a terrible... No, it's up... Mm, no, I'll take that back. Calabasas Fight Companion is just as bad as Food Truck Diary. But the reason why it's, a, it's annoying is because Food Truck Diary has got the potential to be good. But 
the way it's filmed, the way it's put together, produced, it's just terrible. Same thing goes with um, the Calabasas Fight Companion. Get two people who are actually your friends to sit with you every week and then go from there. Then that might work. Or if you can't get somebody to sit with you that you know, then just do it by yourself. Fuck it. And just have Chin and the other guys chime in on the side. Or maybe have them sit down with you. Why doesn't Chin do a show with Brendan? Why doesn't Chin sit down with him side by side? He had the laptop. Brendan has the fucking drinks. And they just sit there and watch the fight. That would be quite entertaining, I think. But hey, we don't matter. We don't matter. Moving on. Let's talk about this one. Uh, oh, but sure, we're saying in the chat, sorry. I, 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 I neglected the chat. I apologize. Um, we're just saying here, it's while they removed the labels from the water so they wouldn't steal any of the shine from the rain energy. <laughs> really? I didn't notice that. What? <laughs> is Uche right here? Fuck off. No fucking way is that true. No fucking way. Did they remove... Oh, yeah. Holy shit, I didn't notice that. Big up Uche. Oh my god, I didn't notice that. They obviously couldn't have anybody get any ideas about having water instead of drinking rain. Honestly, I should have done a review. When I drank rain that time on stream, it tasted like fucking piss. It's so awful. It's just fucking sugar in a can. Like, at least with an energy drink, like, at least give me some flavor, man. Like, don't just hit me with sugar. Like, at least even Red Bull tastes like something. This just tastes like legit sugar in a can. It's so garbage. To be honest, I knew it would be terrible anyway from the logo. Maybe it's my design school flipping learnings coming through. But from the time I saw the logo, I knew it would, it would taste like shit. I knew it would taste like shit. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, exactly. Same. Same me, uh, Bu, um, I'm oh, sorry, I can't see the your other name. But Bu, I had the same one. I had a watermelon. I tried it live on stream and it was fucking horrible. I literally tried to sip and threw it away and it cost me fucking a pound 20. It's fucking annoying, man. It's so awful. But yeah, Uja is a legend. <laughs> they removed the labels of the water bottles next to the rain. Oh, classic as well. Look at this. Look at the classic setup too, I just noticed. George Janko, straight water. Dominic Cruz, straight water. He's even taking like, it looks like he's taking tablets. Maybe they're like alpha brain or vitamin tablets. Brendan Shaw, glass full of ice, whiskey, two energy drinks. Fucking hell. The only one they're drinking. Maybe if everyone around you is not drinking, just don't drink also. And just to kind of match the vibe of people sometimes. Just mix it up, be sure, from time to time. But again, that, that doesn't help with the show either because, you know, you want to get loose, want to get a bit messy, and you got two guys here who are clearly looking after themselves, and then you, maybe, you know, not so much. Not the best, not the greatest, not the greatest. Um, anyway, moving on from there. Moving on from there. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly, Gerard Merrick. They just, they just copied the table and the curtains, but the vibe isn't the same, which is somewhat kind of you know comforting to know that you can't just copy someone's show and think it's going to be the same thing anyway continuing on this is a this is a classic clip this is a clip that i think everybody's been waiting to hear and to see from me is definitely the one regarding dr drew inquiring with the tfat k boys as to whether they've visited joe rogan's comedy mothership and of course they haven't but in this exchange, we do get some very interesting information that we weren't privy to. Number one, 
Rinks, old rape master himself, has been booked in to perform at the Comedy Mothership sometime in August. And judging by Brendan Schub's reaction from the question from Dr. Drew, Brendan hasn't been invited and isn't due to get invited anytime soon. That's the interesting development I saw from that little exchange. Good, everything. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Hustling. Hustling <laughs> on the road, doing stand-up. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, just hustling through this crazy world. Have you been to Rogan's new place in... Uh, he just... In, he just called me and Austin. asked me to come and do a weekend there. people love That's it good. So yeah, the, the comedians love it more than anybody have you been <laughs> that was amazing the first thing to give them credit for it looks like brian and brendan had a conversation so brent brian's offer from rogan to go and perform there it wasn't like he found out about it on the show brian told brendan hey i'm gonna be performing there probably to let him down easy but it's hilarious the reaction Brendan's face is fucking golden in this one. Everything. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Hustling. Hustling, <laughs> hustling on the road doing stand up. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, just Podcast. hustling through it's this crazy world. Have you been to Rogan's new place in uh He just <laughs> It's like an involuntary like oh, sadness. He just And to me, this is the clearest indication we've ever seen and I believe so my theory that their relationship has never been the same again ever since that bald guy slanging dick comment in my opinion their relationship has never recovered from that comment bald guy slanging dick comment fucked it up and the final cherry in the cake ironically enough the bobby lee kalila saga that also made things a bit untenable because i think that was a one revelation i think we spoke about already on stream before with some of you guys on stream chat i think that was joe rogan's revelation because I think he's really is in his own world. He definitely realized at that moment, oh, these fucking fucks are using my name to like intimidate other people. He didn't know that before. I'm pretty sure he didn't. It was all done kind of like hush hushy behind closed doors. If you say something, I'm going to fuck you up type of thing. And then he found out in real time, what they're doing, what with my name? They're saying what? He's like, okay, fuck this. And then he moved and he hasn't looked back ever since. That's what I think has happened in this respect, personally for me. Because I feel like the Rogan of old, even if he does think, because I, I I think, you know, we, we've got evidence of it because I remember episodes of Brendan Go and JRE just after he dropped You'd Be Surprised and after he dropped, you know, um, you know what's it called? Uh, Gringo Pappy. That Rogan doesn't think he's funny because he doesn't really compliment him on his stand-up. He doesn't say, oh, you're really good. Duh, 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 duh. He just supports him as a friend. So I think the Rogan of before would have booked him at the comedy mothership just because he's his friend. But now because of all that stuff that's happened in between, he can separate the friendship a little bit and judge him a bit, a little bit objectively and say, Hey, you're just not cutting it to be on stage in my club. And if I put you up there, it's going to set a bad precedent that I just book anybody as long as they're my friend, it doesn't matter if they're good or not. But for sure, this is the clearest indication, this little, you know, micro reaction he did was a clear indication of, you know, clearest indication we've seen that their relationship isn't the same. Because usually Brendan is the first one to run to tell somebody, him and Rogan are friends. I text every day. He fucking loves proving to everybody that he's friends with Rogan. And in this instance, he immediately turned to Brian and said, no, Brian, save me. Let's go again. Good everything. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Hustling. 
hustling on the road doing stand up. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, just hustling through this crazy world. Have you been to Rogan's new place in? uh, He just he just called me and asked me to come and do a weekend. People love it. Good. Comedians love it more than anybody. Have you been? I've not been. It will be. We go there all the time. Do your mom's house. We do it in Austin. And I'm going to go next time we're down there. Yeah. Yeah. If you you go there and you're sold out for the weekend, no matter what, like yeah, I mean. By the way, I hate that comment at the end there. I'm not going to lie. That comment at the end really pissed me off. Because again, it's another example as to most of these comedians, weirdly enough, this is weird to say because it probably doesn't make any sense. But I think a lot of these people don't even like Joe. They legitimately use him for the clout. And because a lot of them complain these days, I've heard a few of them complain that they've gone on Joe Rogan and they haven't got as many followers as they did the first time they went. They didn't sell as many tickets. They legitimately only really like are friends with him because of who he is. They actually don't really give a fuck about the guy, <laughs> which is really funny because those other guys aren't really worth much anyway. Do you know what I mean? They're not the ones really putting their neck on the line and doing that show. Do you know? Like, that's the funny thing. And the first thing that Brian mentioned, not, oh, it's going to be good to get in front of an audience, in front of Rogan's crowd. I've got some really good material I'm working on. No, he mentioned if you go there, it's going to sell out every weekend just because you're going there. It's like, come on, bro. Yeah. If you, um, you go there and you're sold out for it. the weekend, no matter what. Like, it's yeah, I mean, just, like, of course, that's the one thing. But again, I don't blame him either because the, the you know, the niggas playing, the niggas paying like 25 grand or was it 20 grand a month or something in alimony? He's got to make his money somehow, you know, like, money has to be made he can't be relying on fucking cia daddy for the rest of his life he needs to kind of make his own way so that makes a lot of sense but again if you're rogan it's gotta be a bit of a bummer you know what i mean like no one's really your friend really especially if they're comics because they either want to play at your club or they want to come on your podcast so they can fling more shitty fucking um tickets for their shows you saw that like much. nine months good everything but yeah um <laughs> Brenda's <laughs> it's just funny though because he spent that's a, this is the thing that's funny big for me because I feel like he spent too much time trying to be Rogan's friend no sucking up to Rogan and, and being happy and kind of showing off the fact that he's in the inner circle and didn't spend enough time just doing the work because now Rogan's changed his approach to friendships and shit and now he's left out there in the lurch and I have to be honest I kind of feel bad for the guy I'm not going to lie as as that comedy bit says that I posted on my flipping channel that somebody made, you know, Rogan made him quit UFC to pursue stand up. Then he goes and does stand up and then Rogan won't book him to at his new club. I'd be pissed if I was Rogue Brendan. I'd be so angry. I'd be so mad. Like legit. He invites you on his show all the time. You're the fucking number one guest on there with the most appearances, blah blah blah. And then he doesn't let you perform. Come on. Like, what? You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have that. I'd be so annoyed. Like, it's, it's he doesn't stock your whiskey, even though Texas is your biggest market. And also, he won't let you perform at his club. Cold world. Cold, cold world. But yeah, <laughs> big up Dr. Drew. And big up those guys there for trying to make it happen. Um... You know what? Oh, yeah. Another thing also, uh, it looks like Wings has arrived in London. Wings is here in my city. Wings is in my city, mate. It's fucking hilarious to think that a guy the size of Wings is walking around London trying to find his way. 
<laughs> but yeah, it looks like Wings has arrived. According to his Twitter, let me try and get it up on here. Wings has arrived in the old London town. Look at that picture. If it loads here, Wings has arrived in London. Oh, that's not the right one. But yeah, Wings has arrived in London. As you can see here from his tweet, what town is this? You can see the buses and shit. It looks like, if I'm not mistaken, Wings could be in, if I'm going to guess area-wise, I'm going to say South London. It looks like he could be near, oh, what's that place called? Where the markets are. Borough Market. It looks like it could be around there. But I could be mistaken. But yeah, Wings of Redemption is in London. Yeah, if you're saying need a collab, <laughs> bro, you know how to meme. <laughs> That'd be amazing to say, Wings, I love you, man. You're the best. Wings is in London, man. He's in London. But I think I'm going to stream the fight, actually. I'm gonna, I have to do a live stream for the fight. I have to do a live stream for the fight. I have to. So be prepared for the live stream for the fight. I'll do that on here. But yeah, Wings is in London, man. Wings, Tings is in London. Big up the Wings and Natar. Big him up, big him up, big him up. Um, let's see actually the comments of this post. Let's see what people are saying about it. But yeah, Wings is in London. I'll see what he's doing. What's the vibe? What's he saying? Um, let's scroll down here. Wait for it to load a bit. Of people saying, yeah, you guys are about to have a regional shortage of fish and chips. <laughs> Jay, just touched down in London town. Exactly. He says, yeah, outside. Oh, yeah, that's how Victoria said. Yeah, that's it. Victoria. See, I knew it was south. Yes, I got it. My geography, my knowledge is A1. He was in South USC in Victoria. A bit far from Borough, but still, you know, I'll give myself credit. Food review of Greg's pimp. Oh, if Wings does a food review of Greg's, that'll be so good. Hopefully he does. Gotta go Greg's onion. She's onion downtown Conway. None of these people know that they're in the presence of the man himself. Exactly. But yeah, big up Wings then. Big up Wings. Can't, can't wait to see him soon. Oh, let me get a tissue quickly. One sec, one second. Oh, God. Okay, cool. Let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. So, next thing I want to talk about quickly, I want to show here is actually, let's check this out. Have you guys seen the documentary for the fight? I want to watch that. It's only come out eight days ago, but I haven't actually seen it yet. It's the one by, uh, made by, what's his face? Made by Keemstar. Let's see what he's saying here. Super Jonah says, um, tissue equals snow. No, not tonight, mate. Not tonight. Maybe on a weekend, but not during a weekday. It's not during a work week, Super Jonah. We don't do that stuff during the work week. We leave that for the weekends. We want to get a little bit larry. You feel me? But on the weekday, we don't do none of that stuff. <laughs> anyway, let's continue. Let's, let's play this clip. Um, 800 pounds, one ring, Wings of Redemption v Boogie. Let's see what the deal is on here. Hope it's not too depressing. <laughs> Big up drama alert. Big up Keemstar. This is Wings of Redemption. And this is Boogie2988. And if you know either one of these individuals, Yes, Austin Casey, my allergies are acting up. What else do you think it is, hey? Are you trying to besmirch my good name? Are you trying to cast aspersion on me that are not, you know, centered in any kind of fact? Please do not besmirch my name. The tissues are from my allergies. My allergies are in my tissues. 
nothing else, nothing more, my kind sir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to convince you to watch this documentary. I know you're watching every second. But if you don't know them, let me explain to you why a simple tweet that I put... Am I the only person that thinks, like, Keem has one of the most annoying accents in the world? Like, how he pr pronounces things. Like, he has such a... Is it, does it make sense? Keem Star has a punchable accent. <laughs> yeah, people have punchable faces. He has a punchable accent. It sounds like such a fucking what's that thing called? Like a Carlson, like a fucking hormoner, isn't it? Like no? Um is it just me? I don't have to convince you to watch this documentary. I know you're watching every second. But if you don't know them If you don't know them this is the news It's like fuck off. Let me explain to you why a simple tweet that I put out suggesting that we were in talks to have these two box each other went absolutely viral getting 5 million views. Why the fuck is this happening? Because it's a circus event. I, I mean, I'll be honest, I'll, I'll probably watch it. <laughs> I am very curious to see how this unfolds. These are two lol cows. You have to keep that in mind. And they, they know that, they're self-aware. But winning this fight is a huge step in a direction away from a lol cow. I disagree, by the way. Whoever wins will be a, will not be a lol cow for a brief period, but then they'll return to their lol cow ways. Because lol cows will always lol cow. Hey guys, it's me, Francis, and I use your brother name of COD Nuclear 360-420. Asked me today if I would show off my nerve collection. Dance, right? Just dance. Gonna be okay. Go What kind of... Who who finds this type of stuff funny? He did pretty well with this Francis stuff, you know. Wing. I mean, Boogie. I don't understand who finds this stuff entertaining or funny in the slightest, man. But it definitely was a period in time, in it? Maybe it was a... It didn't age the greatest, but I never found this funny. Even when it was popular, I've always... You know, I was always the cool person. Always kind of, you know... What's the thing called? I was always counterculture. <laughs> Fuck yourself! Boogie started his career on YouTube making Francis videos, a character he played that would rage, smash the Christmas tree, smash an Xbox or something. He even had this one video where he acted like he was hacked in World of Warcraft. It went absolutely viral, getting a shout out from Ray William Johnson at the time. Ooh, not Ray William Johnson. However, as he was making these Francis videos, he was getting insecure because the comments were all thinking that's who he really was. Hey guys, it's me, Francis. I know I look weird right now. It's because I got my camera. I got my camera mount set up here. So Boogie started making different videos covering all different topics on the internet, showing the- Somehow he's still fat, but he has lost a lot of weight, isn't it? It's kind of crazy, isn't it? He's lost a lot of weight, but he's still fat as fuck. But Jesus Christ, man. There has to be some sort of like, what's that word called? I'm looking at the term, trying to figure in my head. I wonder if there's a little bit of, um, what's that word called? I'm thinking. Like, uh, like an embarrassment kink or something that some of these guys have when you're low cows. Like you actually don't mind being like the butt of the joke. It's actually part of a, 
part of what kind of makes it fun for you because for me if that was me and I was going through what they were going through it would take a toll on me mentally where I'd be like you know what I don't want to do this anymore I'm out because it makes me feel bad it makes me feel horrible but they kind of revel in it they kind of like the like especially Boogie is a big example of it he's super manipulative like you wouldn't think about it looking at him but he's incredibly manipulative I just listened to his podcast recently on side scrollers and if you didn't know anything about his history, you'd think he was just a decent dude with a bit of bad luck. But if you actually do your research on Boogie, like he's actually a pretty terrible human being. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's quite crazy to see, man, really. Audience, that he wasn't actually the Francis person. A lot of you say that I inspire you, and I think that's amazing. <laughs> but there's somebody out there who inspires me, and his name is uh, Diamond Dallas Page. Unfortunately, by oversharing who he really was, it opened him up to even more bullying online. Validated so much of the pain. How did this nigga get married? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Holy shit. That has been inside of me. For example, many of these bullies would constantly make up rumors that his wife at the time was cheating on him. And then when he publicly announced that they were getting a divorce, that was the fuel that the bullies need to go in full force. It was pretty great being public with that because we shared all of the really good parts of our life. But just like anywhere else or anyone else on social media, I did not show the bad times. And our marriage was far from perfect. Over the last decade, the bullying got so extreme and so insane that one of these bullies showed up at Boogie's house to harass him. At Boogie's house and her bath. Like, honestly, why the fuck is he, why does he talk like that? One of these bullies showed up at Boogie's house? Why is he, like, come on, King, bruh. Like, at least try and be a little bit cool. Come on. Tim in real life. Boogie came out with a firearm and shot a warning shot. Fire the warning shot now. To scare the bully away. Oh yeah, well, who's the guy, who was his name again? Big up that guy, what was his name? Who 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 did that to him again? Do you guys remember in the chat? Uh, Epic troll, legendary troll, what's his name? He's part of the whole IRL. He's part of the whole. What's that? What's that thing called? Is it IRL community? What's it called? Is it IRL? Frank Castle. Yeah, that's the one. Big up Aryan privilege. Thank you, Frank Castle. Bring up. Big up Frank Castle. That whole crew of guys. What's actually that dude doing now? What's um, what's that guy's name? Um, not Ice Poseidon. The other one. He's he's called like a mountain. He's called something. Is it Arkansas? Arkansas? What's his fucking name? With the fucking Mohican. What's he up to these days? Is he still alive? Is he still streaming? Is it Arkansas? Arkansas? What the fuck's his name? Uh, not Greek, no. He's got a Mohican. Died. Uh, it does like live streaming and shit. Not, not disrespect, no, not him. Um, the one that was in, I think he was at Jan 6. He might have been at Jan 6. He might have been at the fucking building. I forgot his name. That's it. Baked Alaska. Thank you, Eddie D. Baked Alaska. What's happened with Baked Alaska? Is he still streaming? Does he still do his thing? I haven't I haven't seen him on socials in a while. He'd always go viral here and there, but I've not seen him being posted in a long time. Or maybe, or maybe he's been banned everywhere. What's Baked Alaska doing these days? I actually need to check out what fucking thing he's doing, actually. Um, what's his face? Really? He's fighting Mersh? No way. 
No way. That's a lie. Baked Alaska is fighting Mersh from Revenge of the Sis. I, I, I refuse to believe that. Mersh, Revenge of the Sis. No fucking way. <laughs> no fucking way. Oh, is he here? Where is he? Revenge. Of, there we go. Revenge of the Sis Radio. Oh no! Okay, cool. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I saw the video. Okay, thanks, Koyla. Okay, I saw. Of course, I saw the video where he bullies um thingy majiggy uh, as as um, Kim will say bullies bullies. Yeah, he bullied him on the street. I remember seeing that. Okay, cool. I thought you meant they were actually having a boxing fight. I'm about to say there's no way fucking Mersh would agree to that. He's way too scared about that. Okay, cool. So Ranger Sisters on Rumble now. That's probably why I don't see them on YouTube too often. But yeah. Um. Anyway, let's go back to the fucking thing way but instead boogie got arrested for shooting the gun in city limits for those of you wondering why i haven't been on social media it is yeah super jello i'm no jamie mate when it comes to googling i'm no jamie let's say that because i was in fact charged because of that incident that happened last september when a stalker came to my house um even with all this boogie's done pretty good financially on the youtube platform but after a divorce and after losing a lot of money in crypto, currently Boogie's on the verge of Imagine not being embarrassed to do this. Like I'm rich and then three months later help me. Imagine not being embarrassed. Imagine not having shame. That's probably one of the ingredients you need actually be to be a successful locale. Have no shame, have no sense of embarrassment whatsoever. Cause I could never, man. Help me. Really? Just go get a job, innit? Like it's not that difficult. <laughs> <laughs> or sell your stuff I don't know like what do you want from people <laughs> leave people alone losing his home but I put my money in the crypto market in the wrong section and I pretty much lost most of everything that sucks sounds like a you problem really mate sucks. it is what it is though I mean like I've come to terms with it but I need to get back to work I have some savings but they're going quickly and if I don't start live streaming and making content and getting out of revenue and stuff again I'm gonna lose everything. And I definitely do not want to do that. And uh we had A and B and they were trapped at C and I got back there with a with a Winchester twelve hundred and the guy would just keep spawning there. I ended up killing him twenty seven times because <laughs> somebody kept popping up there. Wings of Redemption was one of the first Call of Duty YouTubers. You know what's funny about Wings? The lore that I love the best about Wings? There was a period in time before he would put the face cam on where he pretended to be a black guy. He pretended to be black. Like, he actually pretended like he was a black guy. <laughs> That's the best thing I love about Wings. He was so sad in his everyday life that he created these different personas for himself behind the screen when he's playing COD. And he lied about what he looked like. He lied about being jacked, how tall he was. Like, people could hear it, unfortunately, with the internet, innit? people could hear you know, as he would say, the bitch in his voice, right? The bitch in his blood. They could hear it that, you know, you know I, I don't know why, but people can hear if you're fat free of voice or some shit. Maybe it's the way you say your bees or something. I don't know. But they they just knew it wasn't real. But he would legitimately pretend to be. That's my favorite bit of Wings Law. He pretended to be black at one point. <laughs> Imagine Wings thought he was Jerome. <laughs> Wings was Tyrone. <laughs> Ty Wings. Legend. 
and at the time, everybody had horrible quality videos using a capture device known as a Dazzle. Wings had a huge advantage over his competitors because he had a Hawpog HD and his video quality was much better. He would upload videos to YouTube with his Call of Duty gameplays and then tell life stories over them. Imagine being one of the first people to do that and you're still begging for tips online. That's the thing that's a real sad thing about this whole issue. They're, most of these guys, Wings of Redemption, Darkside Phil, Boogie2998, they were all first on these platforms. They were one of the first few content creators actually making a lot of content on these platforms for the first time. So they must they were in on YouTube when the money was crazy good. And they still weren't able to kind of siphon some of that off in savings and have some sort of exit plan. They're still on here doing the same shit. Like that's the sad bit about it. Like maybe starting from now and then begging for tips is one thing. It's still shameful, but okay, I understand. Do what you have to do to pay your bills. But it's the fact that they've been on these platforms since the beginning, since its inception, and they haven't got an exit plan. That's the sad thing about it, to be fair. And now they're having to fly over to London to fight for 10 grand. I said it before, like, they're getting bumped. Keemstar is actually ripping them off, to be fair. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. He's paying them allegedly $10,000. Obviously, he's paying for the flights and their accommodation. But $10,000 is not a lot of money. And London's a very expensive city. London's similar to like, you know, having to fight in Las Vegas. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to be paying minimum, you know, $10 for every meal you're eating. Maybe more. Sorry, much more, especially including drinks and shit. And these guys like to eat. So they're getting only ten grand for a boxing fight, but they need the money. That's why they're taking the fight. Like, that's horrible, man. Exactly. They should be on at least 50K each at least minimum. Ten grand's going to go like that. Especially with their outgoings. But so they don't have stuff to blame. Oh man, I'm back and I'm here to save you from some dull commentary. It's your boy Wings of Redemption. Wings became so successful that he became a machinima director, which was a big deal back in the day. I, I think people think I have this anger issue. I, I don't have anger issues. He was so successful that he started a podcast known as PKA with FPS. And the fact that he got kicked off this podcast is so sad also. He was such a nightmare to deal with. He was so annoying. They kicked him off the podcast. And the podcast is still doing bits now. It's still making tons of money and whatnot. And he has to fight in London for 10 grand. Kyle and Woody's Gamer Tag. From the podcast, Wings was known for his crazy tags. Because I like the guy to have a pretty penis too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Shock jock. Again, Wings of Redemption. His career was only going up, but then he had a 1v1 Call of Duty match versus a zombies player known as Tom Syndicate. Now, Tom Syndicate played zombies, right? He didn't even play against real people. And Wings of Redemption was known as a Call of Duty god. So this was going to be an easy win for Wings. Nope. I'm just glad I'm just glad you're playing. Cause there's a lot yeah. of people. There's a lot of people that would not play. That was just like, yeah, really? I probably won't be on painkiller ready again. I'm, I broke my controller. You broke your controller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep fucking laughing. After the devastating loss against Tom Syndicate in the one v one Call of Duty. Fuck! Why the fuck you stream that shit? Wings of Redemption's career started going into a major decline. 
He was no longer known as a good Call of Duty player, but even though his career was on the decline, he still had a wildly successful podcast on PKA. Until Woody's Gamer Tag and FPS Kyle and Wings decided to do a PKA camping trip. They were supposed to all meet in the woods and try to survive on absolutely nothing for like 48 hours. Woody's Gamer Tag showed up, FPS Kyle showed up, Wings did not show up. That was the beginning of the end. Woody and Kyle were so upset that Wings didn't show up that they kicked him off his own podcast. This doesn't fucking come. He just doesn't fucking come. And and, and, and it's now it's just me and Woody Pause. in the woods. After this, his videos stopped getting less views and he didn't even have his podcast anymore. So in order to make ends meet, he had to stream video games to make money. <laughs> Keemstar's enjoying this. <laughs> I think DSP was right. That's I feel was kind of right not to get in business with Keemstar because Keemstar's enjoying the fact that he's the provider of these guys' meals. <laughs> he's going to be like giving them an allowance every day. Like counting out the money, $10, $20, $30. <laughs> He's enjoying this so much, the sound of his voice. <laughs> he loves seeing people fuck up their lives. <laughs> oh, Keemstar's fucking a legend, I swear. Look here! Look, listen! Then the audience got to see the real Wings of Redemption. I've ordered it so fucking bad, man. <laughs> I just can't do it. I can't take this shit no more, man. Raging and freaking out because he lost in a video game. Done with this shit, man. I'm so done with this shit. I fucking hate Call of Duty so fucking bad. Wings has been stuck in the last decade of a horrible loop of bullying and harassment. Wings and Boogie have a lot in common. First of all, they're both fat, weighing in at like 400. <laughs> he said it was such happiness. They're both fat. Boogie have a lot in common. First of all, they're both fat, weighing in at like 400 pounds each. Both of them had weight loss surgery, you know, like a rubber band on their stomach so they couldn't eat as much. They both lost a bunch of weight and then gained it all back. Bo Imagine getting your your stomach cut to make it smaller. You lose weight and then you gain it all back. So you can... <laughs> I'd rather just be fat from the start. Just be fat from the start. Don't cut my stomach and then I get fat after. That that's just like pain for the sake of it. It's just fun. Honestly, absolute legends. Oh. Both Wings and Boogie were some of the first creators on the platform. And also, isn't it fun? And then gained it all back. Don't you find it funny that if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, Boogie is in his fifties. Wings is in his thirties. But looking at them, they look the same age, don't they? That's what that's what ordering DoorDash every day does to you, and then drinking Pepsi. They look the same age. I'm sure Wings is in his thirties, and Boogie's like fifty something. He has to be. Pretty crazy. 
back. Both Wings and Boogie were some of the first creators on the platform. Wings starting in 2008, Boogie starting in 2006. Fucking they hell. both had a thriving career, and now their careers in the pits. Okay, so listen. There's a man. Right? Misfit Boxing is KSI's company. It's huge. It's massive. Like eight or ten events a year. Millions and millions of fans. And as you know, I have been setting up boxing matches behind the scenes for years. Right here on this show on Drop Alert. And currently, a bunch of my fighters over at Happy Punch fight on Misfits. I have a good relationship with them. So Mams Taylor over at Misfit Boxing asks Happy Punch, myself, to set up the prelims for the next KSI pay-per-view event. If you don't know what prelims are, they're like the fights that you get to watch for free before the pay-per-view starts. I say yes, but I want complete creative control. And they tell me you can set up any four fights you want. Anyone. This is my moment. I have to break the internet. I have to set up a fight that you, you, you can't even refuse not to watch it. So of course, I go for Boogie and Wings because this is so uh, impossible. Like this fight can never happen. There's like so many obstacles. First of all, Boogie is a giant pussy. No, he is. He's never been in a fight in his life. He's constantly apologizing. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Like what? The, the idea of him fighting someone physically? No way. It's not happening. Wings of Redemption doesn't leave his mobile home. <laughs> he lives in a trailer and he is not leaving it. All right. He, he was supposed to go to PKA on that camping tri trip. Did he show up? No. no. On top of that, in order to do a boxing match, you got to get approved by a doctor. You, you got to get your medicals done. All right. They need to make sure you're healthy enough to actually do a boxing match. These two soda drinking like whales are the, probably the most unhealthy people on all of YouTube. And on top of that, these guys got bullies, trolls, people that harass them on a daily basis. And their haters have been trying to get them put on a do not fly list ever since this ever started. Hold on. <laughs> Some random. <laughs> I love my comments. I love my comments so much, man. And I never ever, unlike, unlike fucking Brendan and other people there, I never delete a single one. Don't care what you say. Say the maddest things you want. You can never offend me. <laughs> this person posted on the clip I uploaded of King Charles III and Camilla's coronation. The person posted, Agostino, dot, dot, dot. I could be really racist <laughs> and insult you um, for your messages on this video but I would not stoop to an even lower level than the crap you are espousing. Fucking hell. <laughs> what did I do to that person? <laughs> they said my first name in the comment. Agostino. I could be really racist. Like, ouch. <laughs> Honestly, people are so mean. What did I say that was wrong? Come on. Anyway, let's continue. <laughs> I'm not joking. But the biggest challenge for these two are the medicals. I needed to get these guys in shape. I started talking to them in February to make this thing happen. And I've been calling them every single day to make sure they're not drinking soda, to make sure that they're like doing some sort of cardio, that they're punching a bag. And they would tell me that they're losing weight. They would tell me that they're exercising. 
but I didn't believe him. I just see it for myself. I'm Mike, just, let, are you rolling now? Just hit it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about two minutes out from being the first YouTubers ever to go to Wings of Redemption's house. <laughs> and let me tell you, uh, I'm on the edge of my seat, literally driving to this thing. I don't know if I'm pulling up to a mansion or a double wide. The rumor on the street is we're pulling up to a double wide, though. Stop. Dude, I've never been more excited in my life. This, I, I've done a lot of things, but this might be my favorite day of all time. I'm super... I don't even know what to say The myth... Is that nigga sitting in a car like that? Actually, unironically. Or is he being as funny? <laughs> he's sitting in the car like he's in the classroom or something. Why is he doing that? ...of all time. I'm super... I don't even know what to say. The myth, the man, the, the wings, legend. The wings, wings of redemption. Of redemption. Oh my god, we're getting so close. Bro, this is like meeting Santa for me. He's <laughs> like a, myth, a mythical legend. This is the first YouTuber I ever watched for Call of Duty. This is my hero. I've never seen you more excited than right now. Bro, I'm a pretty excited guy, but this this might be a top three for me. This is pretty nice. The house next to it is way nicer. Okay, well, he said he was getting a new roof. This one needs a new roof. Yeah, this one needs one. That one is. Are you sure this is it? This is what look, what it looked like when I pulled it up. Okay. Open the door. But there is an exercise bike on the porch. Well. There is, and there's neon lights back there. You can see them. Oh, that's him. There's the there's the there's the mobile home. It's pretty nice for a mobile home, to be fair. People take the piss out of him on the internet, but it's a pretty nice place to be fair. Not not too bad. Looks, you know, ink, loads of greenery, nice and big and wide, all one level, no stairs. Oh. Yeah, hold on, wait. Be, be serious. Be cool, be, cool. be cool. I don't want him to know. Yeah, what's up, wings? Yeah, what's going on? Do like, can I get a photo like right off the bat? <laughs> yeah, can I get a picture? <laughs> he does want a bunch of face. I don't know why. So. Jesus, yo, big up, Bridget. Appreciate your time. Charles said it after you called Camilla the best side chick come up in the world, and saying she was happy on the throne, and Charles looked miserable. Oh yeah, okay, good, okay. That, there we go, Richard. Okay, because sometimes, sometimes I forget the insulting things I say. <laughs> so I guess me calling Camilla the side chick of the century. <laughs> if you're a fan of the royal family, wouldn't go that way. Okay, fair enough. That person's allowed to be racist to me then. If I say something bad about your queen, you can call me a nignog. All right? It's allowed. No problem. <laughs> Bigger Richie. But he's basically been saying that, you know, he's definitely going to win this, that you can't stand up more than 45 seconds. That's a lot. <laughs> how, 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 these are two-minute rounds. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Rewind it. Is he wearing mechanic gloves under his boxing gloves? He doesn't have wraps. Yeah, he's wearing... <laughs> uh, you gotta love Vic. You got the wings. I don't know why. So, Buggy's basically been saying that, you know... That's a lot. <laughs> how, 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 these are two-minute rounds. Are you going to make it through these rounds easy as far as conditioning? The first one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could, like, I figured, you want me to be honest? Yeah. I figured the first one is going to be, I'm going to be exhausted by the end of the first round, and then it's going to be a hug-a-thon. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of clinching. Yeah, a lot of clinching, a lot of hugs. 
but honestly, I'm hoping to get it out before 30 seconds. Footwork is amazing. <laughs> you see in this. <laughs> Holy shit, are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? I swear to God, are you seeing this? Please. Wherever you are for two seconds, look at this. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh shit! Pretty quick on the jab too. Pretty quick jab. Ooh, that's a pack. Oh God Almighty, mate! Jesus Christ! Power in these hills. Yo, big up Richie, <laughs> appreciate it. The racist comment was all the jewels on those crowns? How many people died for those jewels families ripped apart? Agostino, you are the next Harry to flee the UK. <laughs> big up Richie, okay, cool. Richie keeps providing more and more evidence as to why that person was justified to, in, you know, nearly insult me with a racist comment. Every comment <laughs> Richie keeps clarifying. <laughs> He's clarifying why why I might have to be um excommunicated from this country. But Richie, I appreciate you. And and again, further example as to why maybe that person was justified. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> Where those jewels come from? Blood diamond jewels. Okay, cool. Okay, I get it, I get it. Camilla, baby, wherever you are, I'm sorry. Apologies. I would not want to be hit with these things. That's some power on those shots. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's got a crazy fooper, isn't it? Fucking hell. Like, I would not want to be hit with these things. Like, all of that is just like, what? That's just like, what, his belly? This stuff here. That is fucking wild, bro. You know what's funny though? Wings is built in a way like he's he looks quite tall and quite wide. Like if he actually lost weight and got into shape, he'd actually look he'd actually look actually look really good. He's actually got an actual good frame. But it's like he's got four tits. One, two, three, no, six, two, four, six. Like does does he have to legitimately lift up his stomach to see his pee pee? Like to pull it out to piss. <sighs> Fucking hell, mate. That's some power on those shots. <laughs> oh, shit. Bro, it's tough to throw a shot for life. Here comes a super hard one, all right? It's going to be tough. Right. Touch the jaw, chin down. There it comes, all right? One. Why are you doing this fight? Why did you agree to it? The, the honest answer? Yeah. The honest answer is savings. Like I want to put, I want, I want my savings is not where I want it to be, and I want more money to put into savings. Like I, I don't want to get into the strategy of it. Don't tell us your strategy. Just what? Round one, round two, KO, TKO. 
like, toss him out of the ring. There is no strategies. They'll both get into the ring. They'll get they'll get fucking stage fright. The lights will be too bright, and they'll just have loads of adrenaline. They'll gas out after thirty seconds, and it'll just be a horror show after that. There will be no tactics. There's no tactics in this fight. They'll be lucky to both be standing after the second round. That's literally what happened. They're going to both get in there. They're going to be closing their eyes, swinging. They're going to get really tired. And that's going to be it. Do you think someone's going to die? I don't think so. I don't think so. They're the type of people that are going to live long, long lives, despite how destructive they are to their own body. Wings and Boogie are going to be around for a long, long time, for sure. They're going to outlive most of us. That's the sad part about it. They've, they've got that kind of luck. They're, they're not going to go anywhere anytime soon. It's How gonna you feeling? Be, it's going to be a knockout. It's either going to be a TKO or a knockout. There are other things. Most likely, I figure the rest going to stop it. So I think I don't hit hard enough to put Boogie, put Boogie completely out. But I, put, I hit hard enough to put him down. And like, you know, can Boogie get up? I mean, Boogie's 48 years old. You know, he's got he's on disability a fifth of his life. Um, you know, he's probably got some type of arthritis. Like, if I put him down once, can he get up and then? Technically, isn't Wings on disability too. He doesn't leave his house. Technically. Yo, big up the clipper. Appreciate you, brother. Wings locks slicked a white Agustin ho changed my mind. Wings looks like the white Agostina. Ah, as in you mean I'm as fat as Wings? I don't think so. I'm fat myself, but I'm not as fat as that guy. He's on another level. No way, shape, or form. He would... Yeah, no way. No way. No way, shape, or form. He actually might fuck me up, though. If... If I trip and he falls on me, it's a wrap. Like you better put my you better put my face you better airbrush my face on a t-shirt. Airbrush my face on a t-shirt. If I trip over and he falls on top of me, airbrush my face on a t-shirt, launch a GoFundMe and shit, it's a wrap. Ten seconds, I don't know. For all you that said Wings of Redemption ain't gonna do it, it's getting done. Not a rack. Not a rack. There it is. Now it's all up to Boogie 2988. Arkansas, here we come. And ladies and gentlemen, we're now at the site of the pistol shot. The scene of the crime. <laughs> the scene of the crime. We are talking about Mountain Dew drinking Buggy 2988. Oh my God, that's it? Yeah, that's it. That is it. This is gonna be fun. Imagine if someone did die though. That'd be pretty funny. No? Are we allowed to say that's funny or, or should we pretend we're gonna care? <laughs> If someone does die, though, wouldn't that be fucking hilarious? <laughs> they go to London chasing after 10 grand. That's probably going to end up being like 6,000 by the time they get back home. Maybe even less after all the fees. And then they only, and then they fucking don't even get back home to enjoy it. <laughs> Imagine they die on Wings, prom on, on Kim's promotion, and Keemstar still survives. That's the thing that's going to be really funny about it. One of them dies and Keemstar still makes millions. <laughs> He's like a cockroach. He never leaves. He just he just survives again. <laughs> oh my Let's fucking God. 
That's where Frank Castle harassed the fuck out of Boogie. And he pulled out a gun from like the 1800s. Dude! He was gonna rob a stagecoach with it. Let's see where he shot. Oh, I'm, oh my god, he shot at a neighborhood. Mike, look, he shot the gun that way in the air. Jesus he could have killed someone. Lovely house again, isn't it? They both got pretty nice houses, isn't it? Legit. They probably they both got pretty decent houses. Two car garage and shit. Lovely. just said that boogies is way nicer which which house do you guys prefer maybe because i'm not american i kind of i don't know i i got that kind of idyllic sort of like country you know fishing shooting type of idea with wings's house i actually prefer to live in wings's house if i could choose out of both from from each option i'd actually prefer wings's house because it's out in nature you could go to the lake you could fish you could hunt it'd be pretty decent I know it looks a little bit trailer trashy, but I kind of like how rough it kind of looks, you know? What do you guys think? What do you prefer? Wings or Boogie's house? Too many bugs. Wings lives in a trailer. Yeah, but I don't know. It looks like a, it looks like a, like a designer trailer. <laughs> I kind of like it. It's a designer trailer. It's a fixer-upper. Uh, one tornado and you're done. Yeah, true, 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 true. That's probably, that's probably why I like it. Like, it looks like a house, like, I don't know. I don't know. You own the land. <laughs> Boogie from Arkansas. Is he poor, poor? Exactly, yeah. I connected that super jello. Uh, somehow they get female in both. Wings, wings. Boogie worth 100k more. But okay, fair enough. I think everyone prefers Boogie's house, it seems like. Hey, Wings. I finished my pizza. Now I'm ready for Wings. Uh, because this is two 400 pound men who have effectively, I'm sorry, Jordy, but we've effectively ruined our own lives. We've ruined our own bodies, right? We've ruined our own careers. And this is us fighting for our lives, fighting for our careers, fighting for our respect, fighting for ourselves. I mean, there's a bag involved and that's great, but that's not why either of us is doing this. I hope not, okay? No, you're doing it for the money. Let's not turn this into some motivational, self speak you know, nonsense. Like, you're doing this for the money. Let's be real. It really comes down to the fact that I think you're going to see two desperate men who are desperate for relevance, desperate to get better, desperate to get healthy, desperate to, to be better people. Desperate for money. People fighting it out in the ring. That's why I'm doing it. That's, you know, and if I have to go through Jordy to get to a better life, if I have to go through Jordy to get stronger, to get better, to get healthier, I'm going right through them. It's taken every ounce of, of character and strength I have to actually go through with this. My brain is constantly telling me this is dangerous, this is scary, back out, back out, back out. But there's no backing out, right? I'm going through with it. And when I go through with it, I hope I earn some community respect, but I think the respect that I'm really gonna earn is mine. That's, that's, that's who needs to learn a little bit of respect. 
right? Like that's the thing that I've always been afraid of, man. I've been afraid of doing dangerous things. I've been afraid of doing crazy things. I sought comfort and that comfort became my prison. I like how they're both holding pets as well during the whole thing. It's like typical YouTuber shit, isn't it? Feel bad for me. I'm holding a pet. Feel bad for me. Right? I've not been taking the risks that a human is supposed to take. And this is making up for that. And this, if you and if you die in that ring? Then what a way to go, man. Right? Like, we all want to die fighting. We all want to die a warrior. We all want to die fighting for our, our health, our life, our, the people we love, our self-respect. I gotta die of something w would it be better to die in the ring or die big up kimisado this is a good video his annoying punchable accent aside and you know his issues this is a decent video to be fair this is a really good video he put a really good trailer together to be fair because i'm i'm kind of hyped for the fight i want to see someone die in that ring <laughs> i want to see the, the ring fall or something something has to happen man come on give us a moment in one of these fucking chairs sitting around this house playing video games what's the better way to go if I have to die, it'll be a part of YouTube legacy to die in that ring. Moment of truth. Boogie's got the contract. <laughs> legal shit. I don't even know what he needs to say. The talk's excited. I get paid if I sign this. That's what, that's what I get. That's what yep. I get paid. It's happening! <laughs> May 13th, London. So look, I go to Wings and Boogie's house. They're both exercising. They both actually lost weight and they both signed the contract. And I'm going to be honest, look, I had fun at both of their houses. We've had some laughs. Roll it. Wings, were you doing donuts with that chair? Like, what is that circle right there? <laughs> I used to, um, I used to have my setup over here. Oh, okay. And like, that like. That's like, like that's from just years of gaming. <laughs> that's so intense. I need to know yeah, what created that motion. Gentlemen, he's been doing donuts in this thing. How many chairs have you gone through? Two. Two? That's it? Two. I What's the brand, by the way? This is a this is a Serta. Uh huh. Uh, I work comfort. It's a 24-hour chair. It costs about 800 bucks. Damn. They need to sponsor. Yeah. Put a hole in the goddamn ground. That Jesus Christ. It's like it isn't a trap, isn't it? Fucking hell, Wings. I remember when I threw the old chair away, I went through, somebody said, I've had relationships that didn't last as long and was as strong as that chair. <laughs> 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 what? What is all this? This is my haunted house stuff. You see this out every year, man. We got, we got a boogeyman number one. We got boogeyman number two. We got pumpkin head. We got all the tombstones. Wait, wait. Boogie, why is there a hole in your ceiling? Oh, because my ex-wife uh, fell through it. <laughs> yeah, she she was up there doing attic stuff, you know? And she was she hiding up there with the guy she was fucking? Yeah, she was hiding up there with McJuggernuggets. You remember that? <laughs> you know, she was like, she was like, can I get a little head? <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> He's doing it! That's that, that's that, um... That's that Caucasian humor again, eh? Don't attack me. That's that Caucasian humor. Howdy ha ha. Kelly doesn't fall over in the wheelbarrow. Oh, thank you. Got a flat tire. 
<laughs> Fucking hell, man. <laughs> then it looks like you're pulling the kayak. Hold the wheelbarrow. Dude, you tried it. Fucking all breasts, no legs, isn't it, Kelly, mate? All breasts, no fucking legs. Kelly is all <laughs> breasts, no fucking legs. Got a flat tire. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Then it looks like you're pulling the kayak. <laughs> Kelly out here built like a triangle. <laughs> Dude, you tried it. So, what are you doing? You're shadow boxing? Huh? No, man. I'm hunting flies, buddy. Why? Because flies got wings, King. What happens when you get hit for real though? What? I get hit for real in this thing. Ow! Stop! 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 <laughs> Bro, this bag is incredibly strong. I don't know if you guys know this, I weigh 220 pounds. This thing underneath me weighs over 350 pounds. Oh, look at her bouncing too. She's excited. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, no, no. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Lower, lower. Come on, we ain't breaking ribs today. There we go. He's probably getting he's probably he's probably getting a little chub on as well, you know. He's probably getting a little stiffy off of this. I can't even feel your ribs. They're in there somewhere. <laughs> Are you sure? Yuck. 110%. I seen the video of Kelly hitting you with the pads, but she she didn't have gloves on. Yeah, it's it's impromptu. I seen Boogie's bullshit ass video. And he's all like, I'm gonna knock you out one punch, and I'm like, dog. You never been in a fight in your life. Alright, let's see it. Let's see it. It's go time. <laughs> How do you like your wings? Uh, what do you mean? How do you like your wings? I like them thin. How do you like your wings? Tentable cheese. How do you like your wings? I like them spicy. How do you like your wings? Spicy cheese. Oh, I said I like them spicy. barbecue sauce. Charlie. What? Look at what you're doing. <gasps> okay, so we. Still have a major obstacle in our way. They're medicals. They need to pass a medical exam. How do I turn this up? What's up, Lou? Did you pass your medicals? Yeah, I passed. Yes. <laughs> what? Have you? Did Boogie reach out to you at all? No, yes. No. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call him right now. Good shit, Wings. Good shit, Wings. Keemstar looks like the guy that you meet in the hostel, isn't it? He looks like the guy you meet in the hostel. This is the this is the archetypal hostel guy that you meet. That's always trying to hit on the fucking 19-year-old Scandinavian girls. That's got stories for days, but most of them are made up. Always asking you for money to buy drinks and shit. Like, he's definitely the guy that you meet in the hostel. If you go backpacking, you'll definitely come across a wing. Uh, uh, sorry, a Keemstar looking type of dude. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, Koyla. Exactly. You guys want some Coke? Doesn't have Coke or cigarettes. Exactly. 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 
You guys after a good time has no good times, no recommendations, no links, no nothing. He gets in the bar, you have to buy him the drinks. Oh fucking hell. Did you pass your medicals? I passed my medicals. You passed! Yes, I doctor approved. Doctor approved. We got it. <laughs> oh my fucking god! It's happening! Wings passed his too! Everyone's got nice cribs, isn't it? Fucking Kimsar's house looks massive. Wings passed his too! They passed! Look how high ceilings are! Fucking hell! These guys are living well, innit, man? I gotta start doing some here it comes and years. I gotta do I gotta do I gotta start doing that too, man. He's even got a fucking white slave. He's passed his too. They passed. That's great. Look at that. White lady slave. Amazing. That's how much money he's got. Yes. I thought he wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, I'm gonna call you back. Okay, awesome. The Happy Punch prelims will be streamed on Misfit Boxing YouTube channel absolutely free okay nice i'm looking forward to that one the first fight is zuckles versus a mystery opponent then of course we have archie a fortnite player versus nestor who is like this family channel then we have corn you know corn from twitter fighting unibear oh, steve wow. will do it from nelk is singing the national anthem and then boogie 2988 versus wings of redemption may 13th may 13th Make sure you set your reminders. I'm doing the boxing commentary along with Mams Taylor for Misfit, Pat God, and Gideon. Again, this is streamed absolutely free for you to watch on Misfit Boxing YouTube channel. And it's going to start at 5 p.m. local time or noon Eastern in the United States. So get out your phone, set a reminder. You will not want to miss this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Anyway, I'm done. Fuck, fuck this. Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. This is going to be, it's going to be terrible, but it's going to be absolutely amazing. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually looking forward to watching it. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually looking forward to it. It's going to be pretty good. That's a decent commentary lineup also, to be fair. It's going to be quite, quite the laughs are going to be had. Good little fight card there. Wings v. Boogie, Corn v. Unbear, Lewis Nessa v. Archie, and Zuckles v. A Mystery Fighter. 13th may 13th keep it peeled for that shit keep it dealed yeah yeah for sure i'm gonna do that live i'm gonna do that live especially from here i'm gonna do that live who's your pick mm. it has to be big no it has to be wings right <clears throat> because he's the one that looks a little bit more if you can even term use the word athletic it doesn't even make sense but He's the one person who's like, could throw a punch or something. Maybe. Maybe say wings. Because I don't think I've seen Boogie's feet move. Maybe it has to be wings. But a part of me also thinks Boogie has that bit of like kamikaze in him. Like he's willing to die in the ring. I think wings would quit. I think Boogie would actually die in there to prove a point um, for sure. And to gain the sympathy. Do you know what I mean? So I think wings definitely should win. 
but don't be surprised if Boogie does. But if I have to pick one person, no, fuck it. I'm going to go Boogie. Let me go different because everyone's going to pick wings. I'm going to go Boogie. I'm, ro- I'm rooting for Boogie. Fuck it. I'm rooting for Boogie. Boogie's my champion. I'm rooting for him. Um, hopefully he figures it out. Boogie, Boogie, Boogie. You might hear him with a wild haymaker on the side of the temple and it's lights out for fucking Wings of Redemption. Let's hope in it. Let's hope. And if somebody dies, they die. The rest of the card, not really too bothered about. But yeah, big up, big up everybody. Big up everybody. Anyway, that is the end of the random show episode number 2988. Nice number. But yeah, big up the big up the chat. Big up everybody tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you. I'm going to end it there. I'm going to call it a day. Thanks for tuning in. It's been a pleasure to have your company as per usual. Um, if you've enjoyed the live stream, make sure you smash the likey button for me. That'd be pretty appreciated. Um, what's quite saying here? At the end of the day, they will both say they need donations to cover injuries. <laughs> yeah, Koyla, you know what? That's a perfect, perfect summation. In the end, they all win. Keemstar gets richer. It kind of adds another arc to their begging. Whoever wins also gets a chance to set up another fight. So it's win-win. As long as no one dies, they all win. That's basically the, the the name of the game here. Just don't die. Don't die and you're fine. Don't die, you can beg more. And don't die, you can maybe get another fight if you want. That's all you got to do. Um, and I'm sure whoever loses will have a little bit of sympathy on the internet for like a, a couple of months and it'll go back to normal when they get toxic again. Standard shit. But yeah, <laughs> big up the stream chat. Big up everybody for hanging in there. I appreciate you so much. And um, yeah, man, I hopefully will see you guys again very, very soon. Big up the stream chat. Appreciate all of you. Crash1948 here. Jared Mellerick, Richie, I see you. Shades, Cowell, I see you. Uche, I see you. Aryan Privilege, Austin Casey, I see you. Matt Riz, um, Sleeping Buddha, uh, Grown Baby Golf. Many, many people here. Who else is there? Story to Tell. Super Jello, I mentioned, I think, already. Big up every single one of you. Appreciate you all. It's been a pleasure, never a chore. And I'll see you guys again very soon. Peace. Peace, 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 peace out.